There we go. Now you're good. <laughs> was that your action? That your yeah. Well, that's that. There's a spike, so I can link the sound up with. Yep. You just watch it go like that. Yeah, and I, it's easier to link it up. Oh my bad. All right, <laughs> go ahead and uh, do that again. No, this is perfect. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, are we ready? Yeah, we're good. All right. Welcome to the first official episode of Opposite Ends Podcast. What's up? For those of you getting to know us for the first time, we are four dudes who have known each other for a while. We like drinking, Love arguing that. about sports, and I guess at some point we decided it would be a smart idea to record those discussions. Don't ask me why, but we did. I'm Ryan. I'm a Dallas transplant as a kid, sports roots all over the country. To my left on the board, we've got our boy Elton. Let's go. Opposite end from me is Josh. What's good, guys? And to my right is Tristan. Also a transplant. Good evening. So we have two natives and two transplants. Yes. Cool. I like it. On today's episode, we'll share our thoughts on the week eight NFL slate, throw in a few college games coming up, and I'm sure a multitude of random thoughts that we'll delve into a few arguments here and there, and, and I guess we'll see where it goes. Make sure you hit subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the ride. But before we jump into our picks, let's talk about a few things going on this week. We got the World Series. We've got Halloween. It's an exciting week. It's a fun week. Saturday was supposed to be the greatest Halloween of all time. Not only is it a full moon, it's a blue moon. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Beer. Two full moons in one month. And at one o'clock in the morning, the clocks roll back an hour as we end so we daylight savings time, which allows for all the bars that are not open to stay open for another hour. You combine all of that freakiness with it being Halloween and the freakiness that comes with that night, regardless of when it falls um, or when it takes place. It was set up to be the penultimate Halloween, and I feel like I'm not even put candy out this year. It's it sucks. Do you, do you put candy out? I this put year? candy out. Yeah, absolutely. No, we do every year. You got to. 100%. When you live in a neighborhood, do you, just, you, do you leave it at kids? the door. Do they knock? What do you do? Usually they knock. Okay, <laughs> this is my first time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. just stand outside waiting for the yeah. kids. <laughs> so I considered putting a bowl out, and I was like, well, shit, that is the antithesis of what we're supposed to be doing when it comes to COVID safety. Then I thought, well, hell, let's make a bunch of goodie bags like a sixth grade birthday party and people could just come up and grab a goodie bag. Yep. But that's a lot of fucking work. That's a lot of I'm money out. too. I don't got time for that. You lost me at the money. So Nicole just wants to stay the heck away from this place. And so that way we don't feel guilty when people come up and knock on the door. There you so go. that's where we're at. That's one plan. That's what are you doing? You taking the kid around? No. Probably to the parents' house or the grandparents' house. You're getting but. away too. Yeah, I mean, our neighborhood isn't busy with traffic anyways. Yeah, we maybe that, had four trick-or-treaters in three years, so. That grandparent's house, you guys got the full-size candy bars in that neighborhood. Yeah, you might even get the Costco bag, so. Yeah. I like that. So, if your kid was going out, what do you think he'd be dressing up as? Well, he will not be going out, but he will be dressed up as Baby Yoda. Nice. Ooh, all right. I like that. Nice. I was actually checking out the top Halloween costumes for 2020, and would you know it? Don't tell. Don't say. We got to guess it. Well, no, I'm just okay. Mandalorian Baby and Baby Yoda were towards the top of the list, but not surprised. 
there is a very minimal competition this year for what took the cake as the number one searched Halloween costume. Any guesses, fellas? Mike Pence and the fly. Ooh, that's a, <laughs> oh, that's good a good one. one. Okay. I like that's it. Good. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess Tiger King. Yeah, that was my guess. Tiger King. All right. So, oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you think it's Tiger King, I need a more specific character. Uh, the Joe, I don't know the Joe guy. Exotic. Joe Exotic, yes. I'm gonna go with the girl. The no, bitch. It's gotta be Carol yeah. Baskin. Carol, Carol Baskin. Baskin. Yeah. Uh, you would be correct, the Elton. Uh, Carol oh. Baskin and that '70s flowing flower dress top, whatever the hell you call that thing, Moo that she wears. Yeah, Moo would take the cake. A um, couple other popular ones this year, pop culture wise, would be Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest in peace to that amazing pioneer. What is that costume? Uh, just a black robe with the Supreme Court uh, white. Fluff How does that make ruffles. it Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Well, you put on the gray ponytail wig and you wear glasses. I don't know. Don't is, be. Is, don't is be Karen. That guy. Don't be realistic. Don't be that guy. It's Karen one. Karen. Karen. You know, I didn't see that. Karen and I think that's be because good. a lot of the Karens will be out walking with their kids. <laughs> uh, a couple other ones that I really liked as far as pop culture, Black Panther, another uh, RIP. That's good. Yeah, to Chad, to Chadwick. Um, you had Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, it sounds like for the last 10 years, the Avengers overall Marvel comics have been pretty popular. Wonder Woman's not Avengers. Harley Quinn was good. That's true. That's DC. Harley Quinn, another one. Uh, for all you uh, parents out there, Trolls. And Baby Shark. Thank God our daughter is not old enough to enjoy Baby Shark because that will drive you insane. Do you Um, think it'll still be going? Oh, yeah. It's not going. I mean, how many years has it been? I feel like it's forever. Probably four. And it's still like the number one Amazon requested song for kids. Um, Got a couple funny ones. Uh, You're going to love these. LeBron James in a plastic bubble. Thought that was pretty pretty unique and creative. (laughs) Uh, another favorite, the Zoom fail costume. Suit up top, boxers at the bottom kind of nice. thing. Thought God, that was pretty good. Creativity. Uh, a girl, a female decided to sport this one, the Odell Beckham poop face. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously because of the times that we are in, it is 2020, the hazmat suit or the COVID molecule. So that kind of rounds out um, the creative costumes. The consistent top 10 that I think we've seen for our entire childhood leading up to our adulthood would be Halloween's uh, Michael. So, oh, yeah. So pretty consistent there. But um, yeah, Michael. Explain, you know, Michael Myers, white, Michael Myers, white face, okay. the shaggy right. hair. Sorry, the, yeah, Michael the movie Myers. Halloween. Yeah, the movie Halloween. And, and the yeah. first Jamie song Lee Curtis. to play on the piano. Wow, these yeah. are shots. Yeah. Okay, all right. Elton, what, Dude, is what, your, is what was your favorite Halloween costume I you wore? I never celebrated Halloween. We stayed in the house. We turned off all the lights. <laughs> <laughs> you know my family. Yeah, we just didn't do much. The anti-fun police. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, mine has to be, I don't know if you remember, when Scary Movie came out, they came out with Scream costumes galore. Oh, yeah. My favorite one, though, is you could get a mask, and it had a line with a pump, and it would make red blood fall through Come your mask. mask. It was pretty cool, and I'd run around and hide behind the, the couches and then kick my feet out and, you know, kick them up and down like in Scary Movie. I don't know. That was the bit I played. I liked it. Sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was way funnier when we were seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. I was more of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of person. Yeah. I absolutely second that. Yeah. Such a it was gay, so what? 
Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, hey, listen, be safe out there for all you youngsters that are going to go out and party and COVID it all up. Make good decisions and Wear your enjoy masks. your extra hour. Your Halloween masks. Yeah. Speaking of Halloween masks. Give it to me. Favorite Halloween movie. You talked about Michael Myers. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have to go. That's a good one. But I think my all-time just scary movie, maybe not necessarily Halloween. Uh, if it is, it'd be Halloween. It's just generic. But my favorite scary movie is The Strangers. Oh, in a cabin, yep. doing a little Airbnb out in the woods, a little retreat with some friends. And then all of a sudden, the knock at the door, and you open the door, nobody's there. And for the rest of the night, you are attacked and watched and manipulated. And it just, it gets you because we all have done Airbnb, we've all traveled, we've all done the cabin thing. And there are psychos out there, firmly believe it, that just sit around thinking, how can we terrorize somebody tonight? And I just hope I never end up at a cabin near any of those people. I never believed that. See, I don't watch scary movies, so I don't ever get worried. Well, I don't even go out in cabins. I stay in the city. <laughs> what do you, I don't even know this experience y'all talking about. Have you even heard of Airbnb? Is, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> is that like a hotel? Yeah. Mine's, uh, uh, shoot, I lost a candy. Candy man? Candy, candy man. Candy man. Say it three more times. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> One and only. Um, so Halloween themed, my favorite would probably be, um, Friday the 13th. Any of them as a kid, those were just terrifying. The hockey mask, the machete, um, the retarded kids running through. Don't think you could say that. Sorry. The, uh, (laughs) not very smart children running through the forest instead of just going somewhere else. But the absolute scariest movie I've ever seen is called the Mothman prophecies. And that is based in a town where my mother was born and it is an absolute real deal there. Uh, they have a museum for it. They have a, a statue. The, the town folk seem to still talk about that today and it, it happened back in the sixties. So watching that movie, just the, the thought of that happening in my mom's hometown is really, really trippy. Yeah. That's a pretty weird movie. Yeah. Uh, mine's child's play. Like it was, it's obviously had about 50 spinoffs now, so less so now, but the original Child's Play was so weird with Chucky and the doll, and yeah, it was not fun. But speaking of Child's Play, speaking of redhead demon children, uh, Justin Turner. Can we please talk about this? Mr. COVID super spreader himself. So the World Series was last night, the final game of the World Series. Congratulations to the Dodgers. Hey, shout out. Clayton Kershaw. 32 years. Did y'all know yeah, Clayton Kershaw went to school with Matt Stafford? I did. Best friends at yeah. Highland Park High School. I'd never heard that, apparently. Yeah. Crazy, crazy fact. Apparently, that happened. Apparently, it's a Dallas thing. It's a Dallas no, thing. No, yeah. good for him. You know, he, there was a lot of questions after the game to him about legacy and what does this mean for his overall career and what's he going to look back on. I really appreciated his thought. And it was, listen, I'm going to enjoy this moment. I, I, we won. We just won the World Series. I really don't care about all the other stuff. That stuff will work itself out. And, I think as a society, when it comes to sports, we get way too wrapped up in the legacy debate or, you know, Hall of Fame debate. Rings. Rings and all that. So let's just enjoy the moment. It's been 32 years since they won. And, oh, wait, we can't enjoy the moment because of a fuckhead named Justin Turner. Uh, If you don't know what happened, 
Justin Turner, uh, they all get COVID tested before every game. And for whatever reason, his test didn't come back until the second inning. It came back inconclusive before the game, so they retested it. See, I heard it was in the second inning it came back inconclusive. So they retested him, and in the seventh inning, it came back that he was positive. Okay. So they removed him from the game. He was isolated somewhere below the stadium while the, his team played. They end up winning. He waits an hour before joining the celebration. But then he goes out in the field. He's hugging his friends, his teammates, his family, his coaches. And without without a mask. Without a mask. It's just like slap in the face to every American that is really trying to live their life in a way that protects themselves and protects other people. We've got all these sports franchises and leagues doing their best to, you know, keep everybody safe, including the fans that are there watching. And, you know, it was a spit in the face to everybody. I'm sure the whole team is now being isolated for at least the next week until they get enough tests back confirming that everyone's okay. It's just a boneheaded uh, decision that marred the celebration and and what we really should be talking about today. Do we know if anyone else has come out positive yet? I don't think they've said. I don't even know if they've confirmed that he's... Yeah, I don't even know that he's confirmed. I think they'll say it. I don't understand how he's getting tested. Yeah, they'll have to. They have to. Okay. I don't understand how he's getting tested every single day. Some of these guys multiple times a day, and then suddenly a positive pops up in the middle of the game? That makes no sense to me. Conspiracy? I'm not throwing a conspiracy out there. (laughs) Now, here is my only argument to defend him. I don't like that he was removed and came back. But the question remains... Why remove him? He's three-fourths of the way through the game. He's had enough contact He's with contact, everybody. Yeah, there's contact with everybody. What are we really doing? Now, because yeah. at that point, it's a we, wanna, we want everybody to know that we're doing the right thing. That's how that comes off. Because at that point, no one knows what's going on. I don't think anybody really knew he was taken out of the game until the announcers, I think Joe Buck brought it up. So uh, it was a bad look for the MLB. It was a bad look for Justin Turner. And I think it was a really bad look for uh, the commissioner, Bob Manfred, who really got an earful, tons of booze when he was out there. Um, And, you know, apparently he was wearing an earpiece he's never worn before, and there was a lot of feedback and delay in his earpiece, and that was what confused him when he was answering questions. And, you know, the game itself was great. Everything after they won, it just, they needed a do-over. It's a great look for L.A., though. It seems like they're winning covid I got the, <laughs> oh my they god! Got the these parties, yeah, these parties they're having out in the streets are like looting these semi trucks, throwing <laughs> snacks around. No one's in masks because nothing says All victory like looting and destroying <laughs> looting. your own town because your team won a championship. All because they saw Justin it. Turner and now they're like, oh, if he could do it, I can. Yeah, he can do it. Well, now yeah. I mean, I saw on, on Twitter that LeBron James wants to plan a parade, maybe a duo parade or a parade for each team. It's like, hey. My social distancing. Chill out. Y'all are stuck in a city in Orlando for months so you could play, you know, the playoffs ultimately and, and yeah. have the victor. We don't need a parade. We don't need to congregate tens of thousands of people. Most parades that I've seen in the last couple of years for these different champions have been in the hundreds of thousands, and that just that's stupid at this point. Yeah, it's it's not good. But either way, congrats to the Dodgers. It was fun to see. I don't think I watched more than a minute of baseball this this season, including playoffs. Maybe in the background. Yeah, neither did I. I didn't. I didn't watch it, which but. is sad. Oh well. Yeah, you know, I'm glad they got through. Well, I knew about it because they were playing here. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah, uh, 
the Texas Rangers may not be in a World Series for the next 20 years, but that their stadium, stadium hosted yeah. a World Series. So <laughs> I have a championship. Yeah. I've heard it's a really nice stadium. I want to know where are the Rangers going to hang the World Series banner? <laughs> Flags fly forever. <laughs> we got to talk about um, some other stuff that's going on, but we really need to talk about uh, college football. Speaking of COVID, can we jump into the Wisconsin-Nebraska thing here in a I second? I think we have to. I think you need to go back over your lock of the week from last week. My lock of the week was the money line. Yes, yeah, it was the no. over. The Josh lock of the week My was goodness. the money line yeah. for Nebraska. I took no, the it was it was the money line for Ohio State. <laughs> Nobody would make that mistake, but someone that's a homer. Very bold of you. Yeah, spend a hundred thousand, win a hundred bucks. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's what you got to do. I felt really good about my Nebraska game going into the second half. We had two. Bullshit targeting calls because typical Ohio State getting all the calls. Everything goes their way. Got to prop up the national champion. In all seriousness, they're an awesome team. They're a juggernaut. I did hate the calls. I thought the calls were total bullshit. You know, I forget who was announcing the game, but they brought up a really... Was it Joel Clatt? Was it Joel Clatt? Yeah. He brought up a really good point. College football needs to do something about the targeting rule. And what I mean by that... The point of the rule is great. It's to protect these young kids. We are learning more and more every year about CTE and and concussions and the overall effect on the life of somebody, the depression it can create, the mood swings, even suicides, God forbid, which have happened. Um, So it's an important part of the game that they need to be uh, conscientious about. The problem is there are definitely different levels of targeting yeah and intent needs to matter and i like that college football reviews any potential targeting call it allows for them to analyze what happened talk to their uh, peers uh, that are also looking at it from the officiating uh, i think headquarters to make the right call but the problem right now is college football has one rule and it's called targeting yep. and the only result of that call if confirmed is to eject the player and I think they need to bring in something similar to what the NBA has with flagrant fouls. You know, if you can show that the hit was targeting, it was head-to-head, lowering of the head, whatever it might be, but that maybe it was more incidental or maybe it was just a bad matter of fact because the, the runner fell to the ground right as the other guy was lowering to hit him in the body and they happened to hit head-to-head. Which whatever. is what happened this last week. Yeah, what's what happened this last week, it resulted in two players on Nebraska's defense uh, being taken out of the game. At that point, it was still a close game. We need to have like a, a, a flagrant one and two for targeting. A targeting yep. one, a targeting two, where if you get two of the targeting ones, it results in ejection. But if it is a flagrant, malicious hit, like what a player on the Cowboys received this weekend, where you can see the intent is there to hurt the player, then that elevates to a um, targeting two, and the player gets immediately ejected. Yep. Yeah, it was bad. In the, the worst part for... Nebraska specifically, is they now lose two players for... Two great players. And and they are good players for us. The way the rule works is they're now suspended for the first half of the next game. Although, given that the game just got canceled thanks to Wisconsin's COVID outbreak, I don't don't know how that works. It's NCAA. They're going to screw their player over. So they'll roll it over to the next game and they're going to have to sit the next half. And, And that's the other thing. NCAA doesn't like to say they're wrong. 
at least the NFL, for every fault that they have, they do lessen penalties. They do go through arbitration. NCAA doesn't really do that. But this, I think, would be a great example for them to go back and say, hey, you know, we already took him out of the game. It wasn't malicious. We're going to go ahead and let him play the next game, the full game. It wasn't a malicious hit. I mean, these aren't people going at people's heads intentionally. Like, he's if you don't believe us, YouTube it. You know, look action. it up. Exactly. I mean, that's why they created the rules, because of players like that. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but... Well, now they're not playing. I mean, the COVID rule in NCAA is a little bit different, I it's think. It's conference-specific. Conference-specific in the Big Ten. Big Ten is a terrible policy. All stemmed from the fact that they were attempting to be leaders on the whole COVID front. I think they thought the other conferences were going to follow. They didn't, because they were smart. If you... <laughs> If you thought for a second that the SEC was going to choose not to play football or the, in the Big fall, Twelve, especially the SEC, yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah, if you don't understand how much money football brings to D1 schools, just do a little research. It probably contributes more than thirty percent of the revenue to these colleges. It's a oh, big deal. It, that's a very low number in my mind. It supports at least. the whole athletic department. Exactly. No, 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 I'm not talking about just supporting the athletic department. The, I'm the school I'm, in general. The school in general, and that doesn't even take into effect the donors. Donors boosters, spend, donors, sorry, boosters, right. donors. They spend more money in their school when their football team's good. Yep. And it's a fact. You look it up. I mean, so that's a big deal. Um, but I want to talk for a second about Ohio State. They're coming up this week. They're playing Penn State. It's going to be a pretty good game. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think Ohio State is a clear top three team. Easy. In NCAA this year. They're going to go to the playoffs. Book it, write it down, uh, lock it in. If you could find odds to bet whether they're going to make the playoffs, bet it. Um, They're a solid team. They've got a terrific quarterback who could start for an NFL team next year, no doubt, in Justin Fields. Maybe even potentially the Cowboys. We'll get to that in a second. But um, Ohio State looks great. And Penn State's a pretty good football team, although I think they lost their leading rusher. And they uh, lost Indiana last week. They lost Indiana last last week, but I think it also had a little bit more to do with losing, um, forgive me, I think it's Journey Brown. Does yep. that sound right? Um, their, their leading rusher, they're going to have to rely heavily on their quarterback, Sean Clifford, uh, to you know win the game with the passing attack. Ohio, Ohio State's really balanced on offense. They've got a really hard offensive attack to stop. Uh, but their defense isn't as good as last year. They lost, a, they lost a lot of their players in the NFL. They lost some seniors. And their linebacker core is not very solid. And so I think it's going to open up some opportunities for um, Sean Clifford to attack them through the air. Sure. But ultimately, I just don't see the Nittany Lions slowing down this Ohio State offense, personally. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the the way Ohio State's lineup sets up, they return a ton of guys on offense. They showed every bit of it in week one against Nebraska. Penn State struggled, lost their top running back. Their top linebacker, Micah Parsons, opted to not play this year. So they're already down a couple big players. Yeah. Ohio State's loaded. They're five-star deep at every position. Penn State is not as close in terms of recruiting, but they're still a bunch of good players lined up in the depth chart. <laughs> So, I don't know. It, I don't it, think Penn State has the horses. I don't think anyone in the Big Ten has the horses to keep up with Ohio State. So, if I'm looking at the game, what's the, what's the spread? 11? Well, hold on. I got a, I got a sidetrack. I brought it up, and I can't let it get out of my head. The Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys are terrible. 
I don't even want to get into how terrible they are, except for the fact there is a very good chance they finish this season with only two wins, which means they have a very good chance of getting so. a number two or a number three pick. So I just want to pose this to you guys. Everyone pretty much assumes Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one to the Jets if he does, in fact, decide to enter into the draft. There's talks about that we'll get into later. But if, if Trevor Lawrence goes number one and the Cowboys happen to be in a two or three slot and Justin Fields falls to them, if you're the Cowboys, you got a big decision to make. A, is Dak Prescott going to bounce back from his injury and be his old self? B, are you willing to pay what he wants? Or C, do you let him go? take in another young quarterback who has a chance, a very good chance to be the same caliber that Dak is based on what we've seen so far from Justin Fields and take Justin Fields and save even more money for the next four years and rebuild this team. Tristan? Um, man, I, I don't know where to go with that. There's, there's way too much going on with Dak right now. Um, I think the fact that they franchised him last year with the the idea of letting him play out this year and and possibly build himself into that long term contract, um, and then that being cut short by his injury, I still think that's going to be on the table for him. Jerry obviously loves who he loves. That's why he pays who he pays, which is everybody. Yep. Um, now it's hurting us, and, and now it's hurting you guys. But I do believe, or you guys as fans and team. Um, I do believe Dak is going to get the chance to play out what would be another franchise or a, a franchise tag contract. Yeah. So um, while I think it makes sense for the Cowboys to just flush this season down the toilet and wait for a guy like Justin Fields to hit the draft board and make every chance available to get him, um, I just do not... I just do not think that uh, that that's going to happen. Ooh, those are bold statements. I don't think we have a quarterback. I think we that position doesn't exist for the Cowboys. Um, so we need to go <sighs> back. <Haterade>. <laughs> Listen, this is a two part answer. If I'm Haterade. a fan, if I'm a fan, I want Dak to get paid. He deserves it. Wow. Okay. All right. But if I'm an owner. And I like the owner's chair. You don't pay Dak. You let him go. He's injured. You pick up someone from the draft. That's who we're going for. There is an argument to be made. When you have a top five caliber talent at quarterback, you never let him go. We've seen tons. Quarterbacks. Countless quarterbacks go in the top ten in the draft and never turn into anything. Heck, what was recently is Josh Rosen. Granted, there's a lot of reasons that hasn't worked out, I think. But it still hasn't worked out. You are risking a lot when the other side is let Dak get healthy, pay him, and then take that draft pick, number two, number three, because somebody's going to need a quarterback, and trade out. Flip it for assets. Be Cleveland and acquire a buttload of first, second, third round picks this year, potentially, or, or not like this Miami. year, 2021, 2022, and rebuild your team that way. But you can have him sit. I mean, you don't have to get rid of him. It makes sense for him to sit. He's going through an injury. He needs to wait out no, for a little bit. he doesn't sit. You don't, you're number one quarterback in the league as far as, I mean, before he got injured. He's still the number one passer in the NFC East, and he hasn't played in two games. He's a great talent. I have not been the biggest believer in him, but... It, all right, so if you're outside the top three picks, if you're into the top three, 
flip it for assets, try to collect as much talent, because there's a bunch of good quarterbacks at the top of this draft mm-hmm. that teams need to go get. If you are outside of the top three, draft the defensive player and start building out talent. But you've got a bunch of players that are on big contracts that are not delivering, and you need a bunch of good rookies to help supplement them. Well, let me just end with this note. I'm so excited and I have something to root for when it comes to the Cowboys. We rarely have a top pick in the draft. The last time we did was in 2016, and we took a running back in Ezekiel Elliott. Probably one of the worst decisions he made. We could have taken Jalen Ramsey. To have a top five pick in the draft is pretty invaluable. So I'm excited if we're not going to win any games where that might lead us. So we'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, proposition for Jerry and uh, that um, ownership group to – decide when we get there but anyways you asked ryan what were the uh, lines for the ohio state game so back to that game ohio state is a 11 point favorite that's pretty strong but in college football we've seen 20 and 30 uh, 30 point favorites so yeah, it's, it's not more yeah it's not the strongest uh favorite that we're going to see this year by any stretch but they're 11 point favorite over penn state and the over under is 62 and a half I don't think it's close. I think Ohio State's way better, a way better team. In fact, the Ohio State spread is my... Oh, you got to let me know. (laughs) Lock of the week. week. Ohio State, minus 11. Put whatever you got on it. Go do it. They'll blow out Penn State. I do think Penn State can score. So the over is 100% in play, but... Ohio State's just a way better team. Yeah, I, you know, there's not a lot to talk about this game. I mean, when you say lock of the week, you're pretty much putting all your money on the line that there's no chance this doesn't happen. And that's a pretty safe bet to make when all four of us agree on both the spread winner and the over. We yeah. all have Ohio State uh, with minus 11, covering that pretty easily. And then we have the uh, over at 62 and a half. So, yeah, I see it being an over. Penn State's going to put up points, but they're not going to be able to keep it close in Ohio State when the second half starts. I just got one thing to say about last week's Ohio State-Nebraska game. Lay it on me. Um, I went against the grain and picked the under, and I was looking absolutely genius-like until the very last drive with, what, 14 <laughs> seconds left. And this is what kills me. Did you did you guys hear why they ran the ball in and, and scored that last touchdown? What practice. his excuse was? Practice. It's practice. No. He didn't have the right package on the field to down the football. <laughs> he actually said those words Listen, out of his mouth. Kneeling and it caused the ball me to is lose challenging. My under. Ryan Day. Ohio State head coach apologized for it. Yeah, he did not apologize for it. He said he did he apologize didn't, for it. Well, okay, I'm sorry I didn't have bitter, the right package on the <laughs> I didn't mind it. I love Frost answer. Frost answer was, if we didn't want him to score, we should have stopped him. Listen, right. listen, I, hold on, I, I will hold on. If we want to talk about bad beats for a second, let's talk about someone that actually had a lot of money on the line this last weekend. Okay, I had a five teamer. Parlay. If you're not familiar with what that means, I picked five different bets on Sunday to take place. And three of the five happened earlier in the game. I had the Packers covering. They did. I had Pittsburgh, who was a uh, dog in the game, covering, and they did. Um, And then I had, I don't even remember what the other game was, but I went into the night 
I had the over in the Seattle Arizona game, and I had Seattle covering three points. Okay, it was a twenty-five dollar bet to win five hundred and eight dollars. Twenty-five dollars to win five hundred and eight. Going into that game, I felt so confident. We get into the fourth quarter. Seattle's up by 10. Arizona's driving, and Seattle stops them. They stop them on, I don't know, 30-yard line, 32-yard line. Arizona trots out their kicker to hit a field goal, snaps the ball, looks like Seattle's offsides, kick goes in. They're now down by seven. There's just over two minutes left in the game. Offsides isn't going to matter because it was – I think fourth and long. So I felt really good. I started celebrating. And then all of a sudden the referee says offsides on the defense and a personal foul for leveraging on Benson fucking Mayoa. That motherfucker ruined my entire night in one fell swoop. Uh, Cardinals get a personal foul, 15 yard penalty in their favor. They go down, they score a touchdown. They are down by three, which is, I'm still covering the parlay. I'm going to push on that, which means I'm not going to win as much money because you don't have to win or lose on the parlay on the different teams. You can push or tie, and that just gets removed from the equation. The odds are adjusted. Seattle gets the ball. They drive down. They pussyfoot it to protect the ball, to run the clock out. Arizona takes their timeouts. They end up getting a punt and the ball back with just over 40 seconds. They drive down, they kick another field goal, they send the game into overtime, and I still have a chance to win. All I need is Seattle kid a field goal or potentially just a a lucky touchdown. And I go back to either winning the entire parlay or at least pushing and winning the other four. What happens? DK Metcalf scores the touchdown and it gets called back because of a stupid holding penalty. A clear holding penalty. It was clear. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It was a dumb move. Yeah, it was stupid. Don't do the holding penalty. He doesn't get the touchdown, but I still feel pretty confident Seattle goes down and at least gets a field goal. And I cover. Josh wins probably $350 and I go home a happy person. Instead, they end up punting the ball. Or no, they throw an interception. Uh... Russell Wilson's third of the night, which that hasn't happened in a long time. Arizona gets the ball. They drive down. They get a field goal, and that's history. I go from winning $508 thanks to Benson fucking Mayoa to winning zero. And that was not the worst bad beat of the weekend. If you haven't heard, if you have not heard, some poor slub on DraftKings finished with the million-dollar big prize. The last game is what counted. It was the uh, Rams game Monday night. He goes outside to walk his dog, calls parents, tells him he wins a million dollars, comes back in, refreshes the page, and finds out there's a stat correction. They change a sack to a loss of yardage or a negative run play. Ouch. And that two points from the sack took him from winning a million dollars dollars to sixth place in a tie and he wins three thousand seventy eight dollars that my friends is the worst bad beat of the week that's tough so tristan feel better that your dreams weren't shattered in one fell swoop after letting your dog go outside and take a shit i picked the over in that game 
Mm-hmm. I know we probably forgot which game we were talking about it, but it was Ohio State Nebraska from about five minutes ago. Yeah, I picked the over, so I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything to complain about. No, not at all. I think most people had the over in that game. So. Running up the score in college football has always been a great practice. What's our other college game this week that we're going to hit on? Arkansas A and M, old school rivalry, Southwest Conference rivalry. Arkansas actually leads the series in spite of what really people might think because A&M, A&M has won every game since 2012. Wow. But they're Dominant. usually more, they become more competitive again. Several overtimes the last few years. One of them I think was a triple overtime. So I don't know. Arkansas is a pretty good team this year. A&M is definitely a good team. But A&M is like a Jekyll Hyde. Speaking you don't know of, what you're going to get. Speaking of Halloween theme. It's a Jekyll Hyde thing with them. Yeah. Kellamon's great one week against good teams, bad one week against not very good teams. And I don't know. I like Arkansas. Um, it was really hard to even pick a couple games this week that are going to be exciting. Uh, I think Ohio State Penn State is the only game this week that was two ranked opponents. Yeah. Um, you know, you have AM coming in, they're ranked in this game. Um, I like AM. I think they're a really good team. They haven't played the best, but this is a weird year overall. I, I think going into college football season and the NFL for that matter, really any season, football, basketball, baseball, I think there's a lot to be unexpected just because the surprises are going to happen from the nature of what we're dealing with with the COVID, no preseason, practices are different, and it's college football. They don't even have a preseason. They usually depend on a couple easy games to start out to kind yeah, of figure everything out. Yeah, those non-conference games. So the ups and downs, the highs and lows, you're going to see that. But A&M is still a really solid team. Uh, they're going to put up a lot of points. I think Arkansas has proven that they can score too. Um, so I think it's going to be a fun, entertaining game, to say the least. I'm taking Arkansas. 12 and a half points, over under 55 and a half, I Yeah, believe. 55 and a half. There's a hook there. So... I don't know. I, I'm leaning the over. I do think it could be under, but I, I feel a lot more comfortable with the Arkansas 12 and a half. Um, then you do the over under. Then I do the over under. So what is it? What's it going to be? Over, I'm taking Arkansas under. on the over. All right. I like your Jekyll and Hyde analogy. That's um, good. For A&M. That, for sure, that was spot on. I'm going also Arkansas. Um, and I'm going to take... What did I take on that? I think you took the over. I think I took you the two over are, as well. You, you two are best friends on this pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm going to flip-flop both of your picks. I'm going to take A&M. I think A&M, like I said, is a really good team that's just not performed the best every week. They're going to take their healthy dose of Cialis. They're going to give us our best this weekend. They're going to beat Arkansas mm-hmm. by more than 12 and a half. And I'm going to take the under because I think it's going to be an interesting, fun game. But I think Arkansas will stumble in the second half and not score anything, and the under will hit. So they're going to come out rock hard? Is that what you're trying to say? Nice. Absolutely. (laughs) Glistening in his eye with that one. (laughs) The girth that you're going to see from the A&M offense um, on Saturday is going to be a sight to beholder. Mm. Okay. Anyways. So on that note, um, Without really knowing anything about either one of these teams, I will follow the trend of A&M winning most of them in the last, you know, or all of them in the last eight years. Um, And also, I'm just going to go ahead and take the over because that's what's happening. All right. I like it. Take those picks, guys. Play them. Let us know how they do. I mean, we'll know how they do, but... 
Yeah, because we're will. tracking it too. Well, let us know how you do. Well, what do you? Let pick? us know how you do. You know, I Let's think this is a. I think this is a great over. moment for everyone listening, just to have an understanding. Um, for those of you know, this is our first episode. That doesn't mean this is our first time to make picks. And I think this would be a great time, Ryan, to let the listeners know maybe who should they listen to when it comes to their picks every week. Well, it just depends on who you like and how comfortable you feel and what the success of the locks of the week are. Winning money, not winning winning money. money. I mean, if somebody was to say, Ryan, if I followed this person, I'm going to win more than I'm going to lose. Well, hold on. Let's not say that yet. Let's hear everyone's picks for today, and then we'll come back to that. No, I think Josh, the listeners Josh deserve to, to know to who to no, no, I don't, listen I don't to when we it. make That's these picks. That's fine. All right. We want to keep That's them fine. hooked. We do got some good games yeah. on the slate, let's, so we should get to those. Let's lean on the yeah. Saints and the Bears. Ooh. I'll say as a precursor to that. Keep an eye on the lock of the week picks because I think those are pretty important and who picks what and how the success rate is. Okay. Anyway, nice. Saints and Bears, Sunday afternoon slate. Drew Brees. I don't. Do they have weapons yet? No. Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas uh, nope. did not practice today. It is. Is he still punching? For those of you listening, it's Wednesday, October twenty eighth. They're saying hamstring. His hamstring's bothering him. His mind's bothering him. There's talks of trading him. Oh, um, okay. And then also Emmanuel Sanders is hurt. So two of their best wide receivers are not playing, and yet somehow Drew Brees and this offense is finding ways to score. They've got Alvin Kamara. They've AK-41. got that. They have Taysom Hill. They have Taysom Hill. The, the most the, dangerous the weapon player. in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you know you can start him in fantasy football as a tight end? Mm-hmm. No. I saw it. Yeah. I almost did That's it just for S's yeah. and giggles. ESPN and Yahoo you allow him to, There's to no be other good slotted ones. in as if a tight end. Kittle or Kelsey, you may as well give him a flyer. Listen, I wish I knew this a couple weeks ago when Darren Waller was on a bye because <laughs> the guy I picked didn't give me anything. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I think uh, I think this team's interesting. You know, I, they're scary. They're scary as hell. They get back to their, you know, one and two receivers, especially yep. Michael Thomas. He's a, you can make the case. He's the best wide receiver in the league. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre or DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins or Julio. Jo- Listen, Michael I Michael Thomas's yards. I'm not trying to create a debate. Inside He's one of yards. the top receivers in the league. To not have him is hurting this Saints offense. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees having a noodle arm because he's in his 50s is also not helping. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was worried. Y'all were really on the teeth of the Saints, okay? I I like the Bears on this one. I mean, they've got clearly a better record. I don't know. They don't have a franchise quarterback. The, no. The Bears are posers. I don't know who they are. I mean, they've you are right to lean on the Saints. They've won the last five games they've met. So Here's why I'm leaning on them. The Bears, with their record, have one of the worst point differentials. They're minus two. That means they've been scored on more than they've scored on their opponent, and yet somehow they're five and one. I am not interested in facts over feelings. I would like to hear how you feel about your pick. I'm all about feelings Don't let Josh take over your point. Do not bet your feelings, people. I bet my feelings, and my feelings are leaning the Bears this week. I don't know. I just... What what can you say? But I just feel I feel it. Is Allen Robinson it. playing? I think so. Because he came out at the end of the last game. I think so. We I think he's in the protocol. Yeah, we can check on that. Yeah, I think so. Brutal. I can't find it. I'm looking right now. It was I can't a brutal find hit it. to the back of the head. It was a tough tackle. Yeah. You know, the Bears have a really good defense. Um, 
I don't think there's any question there. It's just their offense is a it's terrible clusterfuck. I mean, they just don't look good. Not to mention, I don't think they really know who their quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not Trubisky. It's not. It's, he's definitely not their future. At least you it's never Nick. know if he's going to play. It's my boy Nikki. Yeah, and he's left a lot to be desired too. This Saints team is just really good, and I think this game will boil down to just who can score the most. I think the Bears will slow the Saints down. Sure. To slow an offense like the Saints down, and when I say the Saints, it's not the typical Saints we're used to seeing, but to slow Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, and just the rest of that offense down for four full quarters is going to be really hard. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I am avoiding this game like the plague. This is one of those games you look at, you may have feelings, unless you're a homer and want to bet it, just stay away from it because really anything can happen. I agree, Elton. I do think... The more and more I talk, the Bears are probably going to pull this out, especially since they were given four points in this game. You think they'll win straight up? No, but they were given four points. Four points. Cover. Yeah, four points in the NFL is a lot. It's more than a field goal. Sure. Um, and if you're going to give them points in this situation, that's one of those things where if you have to bet it, go ahead and give me the Bears. I'll start it off. Give me the Bears plus four. Over-under is 44. That's pretty low. So low. That's pretty low, and here's the deal. I'm taking the under. Yeah, this Rams game last week with the Bears was just pathetic. I, I don't think points can be scored. Yeah, I, the line, the over-under line is set at a number to entice you to take the over on this one. Tristan? Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Saints. Uh, I've got I've got a lot of stock in both Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara this year. Even without Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, they still have enough out there, especially with the tight end who's good in the red zone like Jared Cook. Um, I, I just think that this game is going to steamroll out of hand based on the Chicago Bears offense. Um, they're just not that good. And with the Saints being a very good offensive team, it'll just continue to uh, spread apart throughout that football game. So I picked the Saints, and I'm just going to go ahead and take the over because that's what Vegas wants me to do. Ooh, okay. Yeah, they definitely want you to do that. I am on Saints in the under. I I'll, let me put it this way: I reserve the right to change to the <laughs> over if Allen Robinson is playing. I think if Allen Robinson plays, they at least have one weapon, and I think Lattimore has been terrible this year. So I think the Bears could score a little bit. Allen is not playing, so he's as cuss. So if he's not playing, mm. Saints in the under. Yeah, we're picking these picks on Wednesday. Um, that's a big advantage. That's a big disadvantage. Sometimes, especially if you're taking an underdog, that'll play in your favor because the um, the favorite will always get the bets, which will move the line and give the underdog worse odds the closer you get to the game. Yep. Um, that being said, in the NFL, where an injury to one player can really, really make a difference in the outcome, if you ask a professional gambler how they're going to bet, they're either going to wait almost – about five to 10 minutes before the game starts to try to get as much information as possible. But honestly, we don't talk about this enough. Most professional gamblers will actually watch the first half. They won't bet it. Yeah, they'll live bet. They'll live bet yep. going into the second half, either over under, who they think wins the second half, total points, and, and so on. So um, this is just another example. We're at a disadvantage, and sometimes we're going to be at an advantage making these picks on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, so just keep that in mind. When you hear these, pay attention to the lines we're give, giving because that's relevant to why we're picking what we are. 
Sunday morning, the lines could be so much you know different that our picks would change if we were making those picks at that point. Yeah, and I think another really, really important point is COVID. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen with COVID. Anything can happen this year. So my suggestion is take our picks, use them as advice, suggestions, but you know, try to wait as long as you can before making your final decision at game time. I'm going to lean on what you were saying. I'm going to say my pick. This is a no facts, all feelings game. Feelings. (laughs) This is all feelings. feelings. I think there are like 11 injured, at the moment, Wednesday, 11 injured players, three wide receivers on the uh, Cowboys, on the Chicago Bears. You have two of the top, one of the, Two of the top receivers mm-hmm. on the Saints out. Yep. Yep. Both I think on. the Bears got the defense to kind of slow it down. Yeah. Sure. It's going to be an under for sure. And again, all feelings, no facts. I'm going the Bears after New Orleans has won the last five um, times they've met. I think the Bears are going to pull this one out. That's a stat. I like that stat. And I think the Bears has got this on the W. It's okay. To not make a pick in a game, guys. Like this no, is one of those examples. No, no, I'm talking about for the gamblers out there. This is this is a game that it's okay to just avoid it. Uh, it is going to be a toss up for sure. Yeah. All right. So I threw out the the total unknown, which is COVID. Um, moving on to the next one. Speaking you know what of else is COVID unno- or COVID, yeah. How about and the unknown? How about Cam, Cam Newton? Newton? Oh my goodness. Right? We, Since what is he, he has been back, he is awful. Yeah. I think he is proof that there are long-term effects of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> if you need a Even model citizen later. for what COVID will do to you, look at Cam Newton's season before and after COVID. It's atrocious. Yes, it's bad. But we knew B- Cam BC Newton is a roller COVID. coaster. He's a roller coaster. He's not. I feel like he's not a consistent player overall. I just don't think he, it's one of the knocks he has on his ebbs, ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, he is meeting up with the Bills, who the coach for the Bills right now, correct me if I'm wrong, is Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean, and, and um, they've met. He was a defensive coordinator for, for Bill Belichick. Carolina. For Carolina. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's my fault. So wrong. he knows Cam. Wrong. I think this is an ego game. Wow. I think it's an ego game. For who? For both. Okay. You got Sean as the head, quarter, uh, head, head coach for okay. the Bills, and then you've got Cam Newton knowing who he's up against. He's seen his yeah, but, defense. but who has the advantage? I know. I, I would lean. Okay, listen. Division We're matchup? Not, it is a division matchup. Is it a division matchup? Is it a yeah. division matchup? It's a good point. Yeah. So, well, my biggest thing is the results. My biggest question is the results that Cam has put out. Mm-hmm. Do you think his job is safe? I think if you listen to him after the game last week, he even admits his job is in jeopardy. Um, He's played really bad. I mean, there's a difference between having a bad game and just playing poorly. In a funk. It's not. No, it's not even in a funk. You can't call it that. He's just, his level of play has dipped. You know, Elton says he's been inconsistent in his career, but he's never been like this. No, this is a different level. There's yeah. no injury, injury like physical injury. I mean, I, COVID's a physical injury. No disrespect to anyone that's been through it, has a family that's been through it. I mean, there's no football-related injury that he's it's dealing with right now. It's not a hamstring. Right it's not an ankle. Yeah. Not In the past, he's shoulder. had some of that, and that has affected his play. But this has to be mental. I, I think it may be even mental for Bill Belichick. Why you say that? He's never been in this position before. He is used to... To just pure dominance, outsmarting the other team on the defensive side. 
and having a quarterback that can control a team with really below average talent around them because they don't make mistakes. They don't make mistakes. That's a big they thing. don't they don't beat themselves. They no. they never have in this Belichick era, and they and uh, let me add to that. Tom Brady didn't make mistakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to worry about the offense. All he had to concern Ooh, himself with the defense. And now it's really the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the first couple of games of the season, he had a lot of time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Belichick did, and it showed. It really did. I mean, they looked really good. And I think Cam Newton looked really good. We were sitting here, you know, going through these little practice sessions for this podcast talking about how – good cam newton looked and how stupid the nfl and all the teams all the gms look for not wanting them yep now we're sitting here thinking wow everyone dodged a big bullet here didn't they i think this is i think we're not we shouldn't take this as to be to be too serious i think i mean you got to think bill belichick the defensive um mind that he has he's still at the 49ers rack up 33 points yeah a right? hurt 49ers. Does he look different this year? He looks mellow. That's not him. You know, there was a lot of people last year. year? There was a lot of people last year that thought he was checked out. And then once Tom Brady decided to leave, there was a lot of people that thought, you know, maybe he wants to throw the year away. And then you had, I think, five starters on defense decide they were going to hold out for COVID. Then they thought, wow, mastermind Bill's at it again. He's convinced his stars to sit, so it's an organic tank. They don't have to defend their position because it's organically happening. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant move by the mastermind Bill Belichick, and then all of a sudden they came out in the first two weeks and just looked dominant. And we're all like, wow, okay, maybe he's taking it seriously. Then Cam Newton gets covid and we're left with two of some, I think, two of the worst performances we've seen from Cam. One of the worst losses in Patriots history over the last 20 years. At home. At home. Yeah. So, I when, do think the Bills come out with Josh Allen and put on a show. But you have to be careful of Bill Belichick being almost insulted. He has a lot to prove. Cam Newton admitting what happened admitting his poor performance, admitting his job's in jeopardy. He has a lot to approve. He doesn't have the best talent around him. I think his best receiver is Nikhil Harry. I guess you could say Julian Eldeman, but He looks bad this year. He looks bad. I mean, this Patriots team is just not the Patriots of the past. I think their dominance obviously is over, um, which is nice. It's It's a win for that conference. It's a win for that division. It's a win for these Bills that are playing them this weekend. Um, so I'm excited to watch it. I I like the Bills, I think, but listen, this is a mother freaking ego game. You've got first Bill Belichick hasn't won, hasn't lost a back to back game since 2015 on game 16 and 17. And he did it already this year. Already. Already. Right. And you've got Cam Newton playing against his defensive coordinator in, from Carolina. Advantage defensive coordinator. Sorry. Agreed. Sure. Okay. But I still feel like. Cam Newton's going to come out there, guns a-blazing. I've got the Patriots winning this one, and I've got the under. I think when you've got a quarterback going up against his defensive, former defensive coordinator, a quarterback doesn't scheme. Now, the coach, the offensive coordinator, can scheme the offense, but it is a 
much bigger advantage for a defensive coordinator going against a former quarterback of his because he knows every weakness of Cam Newton. He knows how he is when he rushes to the left and throws versus how he rushes to the right and throws. He knows how he performs in the last two minutes. He knows his favorite play calls, his go-to receivers. This guy, Sean, McD- or Sean McDermott, right? Sean yep. McDermott. Yeah, he's going Sean to McVay. know every fallacy <laughs> of Cam Newton, and he's going to exploit it. Versus Which, Cam Newton, he can't just change who he is. Bro, He's he's seen what he throws at him for six years. He was with him for six Carolina. years. Carolina. The defense in Carolina does not have the talent that the Bills have. That's a big it. difference. He's right. been with the Bills for a few years now, yes. hasn't he? Listen, yeah, I guess. Yes. You took the Patriots, you took the under. Respectfully, the Bills are a four-point favorite. That's not high enough. They should probably be a seven-and-a-half favorite. If you ask me, give the hook because they're going to win this game pretty decisively. Um, I really wow. I really lean towards the under. The over-under is 43 uh, but I do think Patriots are going to figure out a way to score some points. But I think ultimately the Bills just handling handled. Excuse me. I think the Bills handled them pretty decisively. Uh, give me the Bills four points and give me the over forty three. Uh, I'll go ahead and just take the Bills and the under. Um, I don't know if weather's going to come into play at all, but I just think that the Bills are trying to get back on track after losing a couple in a row. Patriots are kind of in shambles with lots of things going on there that we've already mm-hmm. mentioned. Therefore, I think this game is going to be about a 20-point difference in overall margin, and it's going to be about a 30-10 to 10 type of game. So I'm sticking with the under. Wow. A boring game. Wow. I hope that's that not the case. hurts. <laughs> Actually, I hope it is, because I'm also taking the Bills in the under. But I'm just not... I'm not convinced on any of these guys. I mean, the Patriots are struggling right now. Cam Newton does not look healthy. I heard some stat today that he's only made three pass attempts to the right side of the field over the last three weeks. So there's some theory that he can't even throw that way. I don't know if it's a shoulder injury or something, but it's weird. He's got something going on. I heard because he he's vegan. It could be because he's <laughs> vegan. His tight outfits are cutting off <laughs> circulation to his throwing arm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of a get-right game for the Bills. It's a divisional game, so it's important for them. It's a must-win for the Bills. Keep that lead in the in the AFC East. So I'm leaning Bills in the under. God, this sucks. I'm on my own island here with the Patriots. I mean, you see Bill Belichick perform years and years. You're going to go against them after a double if, loss? If ever the time to it, start. Getting used to picking against him, it'd probably be this year. And I'd, I'd, I'd hate to say that because he's been such a staple and the ultimate mastermind. But, you know, what are we left with here? You know, if if you're trying to win money on this game, you have to start doing some things a little bit different. And when was Cam Newton's car accident? Was it car or scooter? No, he got a, he got a car accident. It was a car accident on the bridge. It was 2018. So two years. Pretty sure, sure. Check me on that, Elton. I'm checking you. I just we're spending a lot of time on this game. He should have been, he should have called our friend. Actually, that's a good point. Nice transition. Were you injured in an accident that was not your fault? Have you been working overtime and not getting paid for it? If so, you need to call the McNucci Law Firm. Attorney Gus McNucci has recovered millions for his clients, and he can help you too. Yes, you, Cam Newton. You could have been one of his clients and received millions. 
Shout out Call to Gus. McNucci Law Firm today at 972-822-0899. What beer is he sponsoring this week? The beer of the week is the Alaskan Amber Ale from the Alaskan Brewing Company out of Juneau. Uh, this beer is made from glacier-fed water and a generous blend of the finest quality European and Pacific Northwest hop varieties. Um, it's really good. And fellas, let's go. Why ahead. did we pick this one this week? Why did we pick this one this week? Well, because here in Dallas, we got hit with some weather that only the state of Alaska probably feels on a you know, I love regular 40, basis. 40 degrees. I love that because I was telling a person <laughs> today that I feel like I'm in fucking Alaska right now. <laughs> yeah. So this is what we're dealing with. And I figure why not pick a, their choice beer? So I love, well, I love that for us. Frigid weather is like 40, maybe 35. It rarely gets misty, cold rain. We're just like, oh my God, the worst. Well, I was ecstatic that you chose this. Uh, one of my heroes in life, uh, I'd say, would be my grandfather, who passed away far too young. Um, he didn't drink a lot of beer, but I'll never forget one of the first times we ever went to get beer. So he'd have some on a vacation. He went into a gas station and he picked up a six pack of Alaskan beer. So I thought that was pretty cool. He chose that because I have not had it in many years. I look forward to tasting it. Gentlemen, on your marks, get sets. Oh There's not a better sound in drinking than opening a cold one. And cheers, fellas. Cheers to our first official podcast. It's hard to reach you on the opposite yeah, end. Drink, drink responsibly. Gosh, that's a it's a good beer, man. That is tasty. I mean, for a full flavored amber ale, it's got a very nice, soft taste. Yes, and uh, I love the anticipation on that yeah. one. <laughs> soft taste and what? <laughs> full bodied, um, very good, and easy on the palate. Yeah, it's a, um, this is a beer that I can't drink a lot of. I'm not a heavy beer person, but I love a heavy beer with really good flavor. And for a, I wouldn't call a small batch brewery at this point by any stretch. I mean, they've been around a long time. They put out an exceptional product that a lot of people don't think about. You know, they think dark beer. They think a plethora of other options here in Texas. And this is a staple that's probably at every small gas station and every large gas station. It's overlooked, and it shouldn't be. It's a very high-quality I amber. like it. I like it. Yeah, it's I'm good. I'm impressed. You're not a beer drinker either. I'm not either. Case in point, two people at the table that have never had it, they've passed over it countless times when they've gone to the liquor or beer just, store. Just to be clear, I've never passed over it knowingly. <laughs> it is a very high-quality amber. And according to their website, they they do win a lot of awards. Most recently, the U.S. Beer National Championship. How Uh, would they win that? uh, It's voted on. How do they qualify? By entering. I thought it was U.S. competition. (laughs) Alaska is the U.S. I'm not even going to touch that. Well, this isn't a geography class. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Does anybody get nodes of chocolate? Or is it just me? Maybe coffee. Maybe not chocolate. Maybe it's coffee that I'm getting. Coffee undertones. I can get that. Well, it does have European and Pacific, uh, Pacific, Pacific hop Specific. varieties in it. Okay. So, okay. Um, different hops from different areas and, and, and elevations obviously have a different taste. Um, there's, yeah. there, there's no hiding it for everyone that knows me. 
I'm a lager guy. I'm a light You're beer a guy. Bud Light guy. I'm a Bud Light guy. You know, they don't give us money. They did send me on a wonderful cruise for free called uh, Bud Light Poor Paradise back when I was like a senior in college. And that's what changed me forever, made me a Bud Light believer. But um, no, when I want a high quality tasting beer, I think this is going to take the cake for a while. Yeah, I'm a fan. Speaking of high quality. Good to go, guys. Let's talk about this high quality game on the Browns and the Raiders. Ooh, I like that. You know, I picked this game because. I told you to. Yeah, there was definitely some input. But no, it's a fun game. I mean, the Raiders have put up points against everyone they've played really this year. It's been a fun contest, whether it's Tampa Bay. Um, I think they, if I remember correctly, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. You know, it's just first time in years. years. Um, This is going to be a really fun game to watch. Cleveland is missing a couple key defenders. But they still have a great uh, offense, even without Odell Beckham. They're actually probably a better team without Odell Beckham if you look at their recent uh, statistical history as far as their offensive uh, plus minuses. Um, Baker Mayfield, he's a pretty decent quarterback. Even in Cleveland, where quarterbacks typically go to die, he's actually proven himself. And he I mean, he's not a top five quarterback. I'm not trying to make that argument, but he's a solid quarterback in the NFL with a pretty good team and a pretty good defense. And then Derek Carr, he, I think, has surprised a lot of people when he came out of college and just how consistent and how good he's been uh, for the Raiders. Uh, Now the Las Vegas Raiders. uh, And I like the team. I think Darren Waller is a top three or four tight end in the league. I think Josh Jacobs is a top four or five running back in the league. They're a solid team. And their defense isn't great. They're expected to have points scored on them. No question. The question is, can the Browns slow them down more than they can slow the Browns down? And I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun game, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. I cannot wait to go watch my team play in that brand-new stadium in Las Vegas. The Roomba? Uh, the Roomba. The big Roomba. Call it what you want to call Death it. Star. The new Death Star. Whatever, I cannot wait to go destroy myself in Vegas for a weekend and then finish it off with a game at that stadium. Um, I love that I have a best friend that's a Seattle fan because that means I'll go when Seattle plays the Raiders and then you can go when we go for the Cowboys playing the Raiders. It's just going to be a lot. The opposite and sweet. The opposite opposite and sweet. sweet. Sponsored by NG. I'm just kidding. That would be awesome. Sponsored by Gravity. There's nothing better than going to Vegas. And for men, most men out there, we don't need a lot of reasons to go. That's probably why the NFL's avoided putting a team there. Because Vegas. I love Vegas. I, I love Vegas it. for two to three days at the most. Yep. The strip can destroy even the best of men pretty quickly. Um, but that stadium is pretty awesome looking from the outside. Yeah, it, back to the game, sorry. So yeah, back to the game. Um I I thought this game was very interesting from the first time I saw it on the schedule, uh, knowing that the Raiders do put up a lot of points. Um, they've been competitive in, in I think, all of the games, uh, minus maybe a little bit of, of losing it towards the end and their couple of losses. But the Browns, to me, are a very interesting team. I can't, I can't bet either one of these teams properly, which is why I really like this game. Um, as a fan. At, as a fan. As a... Um, you know, person trying to put some money down on this. In the end, though, I went ahead and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pick the Raiders. Start us off with um, 
the Raiders are going to cover this game. So, what is it? Two and a half? Yeah, Raiders are a two and a half point dog. Um, which in this situation, over under as an away team, that's really to be expected. Most home teams are going to get a two point favorite almost automatically. And the over under is 53 and a half. And I think this is one you can write this down, but I think this is one where that half point hook may be a difference maker. Um, so that Vegas was smart to put a hook on this one. <laughs> I've gone back and forth on this. I mean, Odell Beckham is a huge part of their offense. He's he's had a really solid season, which I'm kind of surprised by. I don't feel like he's gotten that much attention. I mean, after the Cowboys that massive game. Cowboys game. And then Nick Chubb got hurt. They have a great rushing offense. Baker Mayfield has had a pretty good last couple of weeks. Baker Mayfield's on pace for like 40 touchdowns and five or six interceptions or something really low. Uh, but in large part because he beats up on the Bengals. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I wasn't sure which way to go with this. My, my heart says just take the Browns and pick the under because they'll run the ball a lot. Well, what's but the fun in that? What's the fun in that? So let's go. My boy, John Gruden, the Raiders, and the over. What the heck? Okay, I thought someone had was for the Browns because I wanted to boo them. <laughs> What's boo. going on? Okay, well, okay, m- my picks are all feelings, no facts. <laughs> I just want to say uh, that. FNF, <laughs> feelings, no facts. Um, Browns, when you put a defense on them, they struggle. Yeah. They lost against the Ravens. They lost against Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't really had any test outside of that. The two tests they had, they lost. The Raiders had more of a test. Um, they did lose to the Patriots. And I think they had another loss that was significant. Tampa this last weekend. Yeah. And and the yeah, and the um yeah, the Bucks. I mean that's that's a given. But they had they beat the Chiefs, right? They, they beat, beat the, the Saints. Saints, they beat the Panthers. These are good teams. Yep, very good. They're right? not beating slubs. Listen, and the Raiders doesn't have much of a defense. It's gonna be points on points on points, but I'm a pull. The Raiders on this one, because I feel, again, feeling that uh, they're going to do, they're going to be able to slow the Browns down more than the Browns are going to be able to slow down the Raiders. Yeah, you know, going into season, the Browns had the greatest one-two punch that I think the NFL's seen in a long time with uh, both uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb oh, yeah. on that team. Yeah, and before Le'Veon Bell recently acquired by the Chiefs, there was no competition for the best rushing offense in the league. It was the Browns um, losing Nick Chubb hurt. Uh, Cream Hunt's a phenomenal running back, but that two-headed monster was a hard pill for the defenses that were facing them to swallow. Um, the Browns are a good team. The Raiders are a good team. I. This is another one of those where I don't have a lot of confidence in this pick. Let's face it, Vegas knows it's human nature to want the over. You want to see points scored. You want to see an exciting game. Um, And we're going to fall victim to it. Uh, You know, this is one of those other ones where I think we all feel pretty confident about the over, so it's probably going to slap us all in the dick pretty hard. Um, But I I feel pretty good still. interesting analogy. I don't know if I've heard that one. Yeah, (laughs) you know, 
You know where they it just barely hits you and it doesn't really hurt for about five seconds. And all of a sudden, it hits you in the stomach and you collapse. I get that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's called marriage. Uh, no, listen, I'd like I like this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you don't know what you're going to watch this weekend on Sunday, find this game and watch it. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Um, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Give me the over 53 and a half and give me the Raiders. You're going to give the Raiders points. This is a toss-up game. I can't stress that enough. And when it's a toss-up, I'm typically going to lean on the side of caution. Give me the team that gets the points. They're getting two and a half, which means they have to be beat by a field goal to lose. It could be closer than that or they could win. Give me the Raiders two and a half. I like it. For sure. Well, there's a lot of a lot of good games in the NFL this week. This is my favorite game of the week. There's not a lot of good not college football games of the week. The one we're about to talk about. There's a lot of good NFL games this week. The next two games are probably going to be two of the best games of the season. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me just tell you. The Pittsburgh Steelers face the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers are the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and there's a very good reason for that. Their defense is above average. They're pretty good against the run. That used to be their staple, their defense, and they're really good against the pass. They've got one of the best edge rushers in the league and TJ Watt. Should have been a Cowboy. Should have been a fucking Cowboy. Every time I see him prance around, I get pissed off at Jerry. Who did you guys draft instead of him? Taco, the Taco Charlton. fucking Charlton. Who didn't make it to you? Panned out to be great. He's panned out to be great. He's actually looking really good with his new team. I don't want to get into that. Uh, for the Cowboys, he wasn't the, uh, the most stellar player. But, yeah, we pass on TJ Watt, a perennial all-star for the next, I don't know, 10 years, probably a future Hall of Famer with his defense. He's a stud. I think he leads the league or he's at the top three in sacks. Definitely at the top in pressures on the quarterback. This defense, this defense is solid. Yeah, um, it's a great defense. And I haven't even gotten to the offense yet. Well, and and they this, made that trade last year from Minka Fitzpatrick, which everyone at the time was like, what are you doing? You and then he had a first he round hefty and price, a, and all of a sudden he is the man. They went from one of the worst turnover differentials last season before acquiring Minka Fitzpatrick to having one of the best turnover differentials with Minka Fitzpatrick on that team. Um Pittsburgh is a great team. The fact that they weren't favored last week made it one of my penultimate picks. They were um, the underdog by, I think, a point against Tennessee Titans. This week, um, they're going into the game again, uh, not the favorite. They're going to be a three-and-a-half-point dog. And I'm just going to tell you right now, anytime the Steelers get points this year, you're probably better off just taking them. Um, they're that good, and if they're going to be given points – um, it nearly becomes my lock of the week, but Ooh. I'm not going to get cocky. Pittsburgh is going in as an underdog and they're facing the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, probably the number two or the number three quarterback in the league right now. Uh, he didn't look the greatest against the Kansas city chiefs and he is going up against a harder defense with Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he struggled in the past with elite teams, but they did just acquire a really key piece on their defense from, um, the Minnesota Vikings, they acquired uh, Ngakwe, and I think that's going to help them when facing Pittsburgh. But on the offensive side, uh, Lamar's still going to put up points. They're not going to completely be shut out. So, you know, it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a great game as far as football overall is concerned. Um, 
if you're not watching this game, I, I just got to say, what the hell is wrong with you? Because this is going to be one of the greatest games of the season, I think. I love this division. The black and blue division. Black tough, and gold. Tough defenses. Hard-nosed, tough defenses every single year with their top play, with their top teams. The only thing that hurts this division is the fact that Cincinnati and Cleveland have been really piss poor over the last five years. But I think some of that's because the the Ravens and the Steelers are so good they, every year. They, they just, just get keep stuck knocking them playing down. good teams over and over again in their division. They've been consistently two of the best teams to make a division over the last twenty years. Yeah, they're same model every year. Great defenses. I mean, solid running game. This is coming from a Cowboys fan who has a brother who is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. My grandfather, I mentioned earlier, with Alaskan Brewery, he was a diehard Pittsburgh fan. Half my family's from Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. So every year, I I get a ton of shit talking from them. And it, it pains me because more times than not, their team's better than the Cowboys. More times than not, they beat us in head to head matchups. Shout out 2016, we beat them. That was a nice little victory. Um, but the Pittsburgh as an organization, the Steelers as a team, as an opponent, have been very stout for the last 20 years. I see this week not a lot changing. Again, I can't stress it enough. They're one of the top teams in the league, and they're getting points this weekend. I don't care if it's one point or ten points. They're getting points. They're getting three and a half against the Ravens. I understand that they're the visitor this week. I still like the Steelers three and a half points. The over-under, I want to meet the man that decided, or woman, that decided the over-under should be 46. I think that's pretty low. I get maybe they're thinking it's going to be a defensive game, but this is one of those where typically offense prevails. So I like the over 46, and I for sure like the Steelers three and a half. Um, yeah, this is, this is the type type of football game that, that you really schedule to watch. Um, the term blue collar comes to mind with me. These are our cities. These are teams that, that seem to do the dirty work. Um, fundamental type football, both really good coaches on, on, on either side, defensive minded, you know, all the things we've already talked about. Um, long story short, the point total that was given to us i also think is very very low um baltimore has been proven that they can score a lot of points and the steelers are scoring a lot of points this year their their defense kind of overshadows their offense but big ben has had himself a resurrection he's got weapons he's got you know momentum i don't necessarily always believe in that but he's got that on his side i mean does anybody even know who their number one receiver is they've got four number ones on any given day i hope it's chase claypool this week <sighs> right james washington juju smith schuster deontay johnson yeah i mean yeah, none I mean, of them are standout stars juju no. kind of became a star but they're he, just all quality sound receivers yeah i mean he 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 knows how to find receivers he knows how to get them open he knows how to throw the ball obviously he's done it for 15 years now so, like I said, I think the point spread in this game has been set very low. I'm going with the over. And um, even after a bye week, I think the Ravens are going to fall short here. I am picking the Steelers. I flip-flopped on this one quite a bit. Um, I really like this Raiders team, or Ravens team, excuse me. I just think the defense, they've done it the right way. They've mm-hmm. added veteran, proven veteran players. They've traded for stars who are on the outs of their teams, Marcus Peters, uh, Ngakwe, 
They had Clayus Campbell over the offseason. Clayus Campbell's mm-hmm. a beast. They had a Derek Wolf. I mean, they just have studs all over the defense. And then they drafted Patrick Queen from LSU, who's been a stud. Lights out. He's been great. Monster. So the defense is so solid. And yet you have Lamar Jackson on offense. You've got a bunch of running backs. They're down Mark Ingram, apparently. So they've got J.K. Dobbins, maybe. Gus Edwards, maybe. Lamar is really not thrown the ball well in the last few weeks. At least not against top-tier defenses. Three out of the last four games, he's been under 60%, which for an NFL MVP is that's not, not good. good. It's not good. Which was the knock on him coming into the league is that his legs are better than his arms. His accuracy percentage, his accuracy is not great. Yeah. That being said, I think John Harbaugh is a phenomenal coach. Better than Tomlin? I don't know about better than Tomlin. I just think Harbaugh's yeah, a great coach. They're both great. And one's coming off a of bye, and the other's not. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning the bye strategy. I'm leaning the extra week of game planning. Yep. Give me the Ravens, but I'm good with the over. There's going to be points. Wow. All of us right. stressing defense and all of us taking the <laughs> oh, over. Yeah. Pretty overs. standard of gambling. Listen, I n- I'm glad you went before me because I'm a boo that. Boo. Listen, you have two strong defenses on the field. And when you have two strong defenses on the field, you go with the best quarterback that's been, who's been a sleeper. Yeah, definitely. People wrote him year. off this Holy year. Cow. And he is better than he's ever been. You have to go with Ben on this one. Lamar, as we can all agree, is not who he was last year. Um, he's struggled this year. Um, he's not going to match what he did last year. I'm going with the Steelers, and check this out. I'm going with the under because I don't. it's going to be two great defenses. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a slow game. I mean, I just don't feel like they're just going to rack up points. I don't think Lamar is going to be able to rack up as much points as we feel like we, he should. I repeat that again. We feel like he should. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Really? Steelers and the under. Wow. Okay. There's a lot of confidence flowing around this table. I really like lock of the week. This is an opportunity for us to all get off of our chest just something that we believe with every fiber in our being is going to happen. You know, Ryan hit on it earlier. You know, I don't know who's had the best record so far picking the games. It's I don't me. know. I don't know who should we should trust overall with their picks. Look forward to finding out. Lock of the weeks, though, do take a bit bigger significance you're putting all of your weight down on one pick I felt that, that you think it's going to happen no matter what i felt pretty good about some of the other picks that we've made um i don't feel as confident with the Steelers ravens because i think it could be again another game with a coin flip although i do like the over my lock of the week i'm gonna step out there and do something a little different we haven't talked about this game really but the Kansas City Chiefs are going up against the New York Jets. Oh, bold man. Yeah, probably why we haven't picked the game, because it's going to be pretty ugly. The Chiefs are favored by a whopping 19 and a half points. It is extremely rare, extremely Almost never. rare for an NFL game to have a team favored by more than two touchdowns. So I'm avoiding the game like the plague. I don't want to even talk about the spread because anything can happen in that. The over-under is 48. 
Again, Chiefs could score 47 and Jets score zero. Again, I'm avoiding the game altogether as far as who wins, loses, or the over. However, my lock of the week is the famous, the infamous Le'Veon Bell. Okay. In his second game for the Chiefs, going up against his former team, the New York Jets, he is going to make a statement. There was a lot of talks. Is Le'Veon Bell the Le'Veon Bell the old, or is this the washed-up Le'Veon Bell? Was he a product of the Pittsburgh offense and Big Ben, and he just can't cut it out on a team with lesser talent? Whatever it might be the case, Le'Veon Bell has not lost that much. And in the few uh, design plays he had last week, he looked pretty good. My lock of the week is a plus 250 for Le'Veon Bell to score a touchdown. That, my friends, is the lock of the week. That was delayed. My bad. <laughs> That's okay. I like that. I've got a lock of the week. Aside from my Ohio State pick of minus 11, <laughs> which is a guarantee, my lock of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs money line because they're going to beat the Jets. Whatever your mortgages, whatever you have in your savings, <laughs> Go put it down in this game and win yourself an extra hundred bucks because it's going to happen. I don't even know what the odds are. It's probably well, let like me give let me give the odds five thousand to one. Or <laughs> the odds are negative twenty three hundred. It's actually lower than what I thought. Yeah. So for all you non betters out there, Vegas is stating if you think the Chiefs are going to win, which I think most people in this country think will happen, you have to bet twenty three hundred dollars to win a hundred. Why is that important? Because in any game, in any sport, one player can go down and change the entire dynamic. And I'm not going to say a player's name or say what could happen because I will refuse to ever put that type of curse on somebody. But you lose a player of significant value on a team and anything can happen. So are you willing, Ryan, to wager $2,300 to win $100? i am willing to wager $230,000 to win $10,000. <laughs> I love this game. Yeah. What do you I love Patrick Mahomes? Can we talk about this game for a minute? Okay. I don't have anything to add. Yeah. I just think <laughs> it's the Chiefs Patrick are Mahomes, just it's the Chiefs. crush them. I don't think it's going to be remotely close. What do you win if you bet on the Jets? Because I may do that. You want to hear that? Yeah. Let me if you take the that. Jets money Here, line. Just give me your cash. <laughs> you can what, bet $100. Bet? I'll, I'll just take it. Do you bet $100 on the Jets to win just uh, outright? Yeah. $100 would pay you 1200 what Vegas is saying is there's no chance in hell the Jets win. <laughs> Please don't bet it. We don't have money to cover it. So you're going to have to put up a so lot of money just, just to win a little 100. bit. I just throw, yeah. if I just want to throw a hundred away. Yeah. There's a, there's another yeah, just, one. Just just give to me. <laughs> I think we've got another one that's kind of similar, but it's not as great of a deficit of odds. Tristan, what do you, what do you think you're going to do? Um, I'm going to go ahead and my lock of the week is, for Tua Tagavailoa, to he's starting his first game as an NFL quarterback, and this is. is against the Los Angeles Rams. Shouldn't be. I am going to, and I agree with that. He you know, should I not be starting this game. You ride the hot hand. Fitzpatrick is the hot hand in Miami yep. right now. You just don't do what they're doing, but they're doing it. And therefore, my lock of the week falls under the category of he will not win his first start, meaning the Rams cover that, or Rams get the money line. That's yep. it. Bottom line. Yeah. 
Rams money line is a minus 205. So you only have to bet 205 to win 100. It's basically a 50 percenter. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's not the most sexy thing to do in Vegas, but 100 I, pays you 48 roughly. Yeah, I'm uh, walking into Vegas. I'm throwing all my money on black and black being he will not win that game. I actually really like that. Um, I typically don't like poor odd uh, plays, but you're right. It's hard to win a game in the NFL. It's really hard to win a game when you're Rams have a great starting defense. your first game. They're playing tough game. very well He's right get now. Yeah. They're playing very well. Yeah, right Chicago now. learned that the hard way this last week on Which Monday is night. Another reason why I think it's a mistake to start him, but yeah, I'm not going to get on that path. Yeah, no, I think it's a good. I think it's a great lock of the week. So I'm going to second that lock of the week and just reinforce it. If you've got the money, wager it. Bet I feel pretty confident about it. Bet that cheese money. <laughs> Elton, what about you? Listen, my lock of the week, I, I pick my locks like someone that just got introduced to football. I pick the colors. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the green team. <laughs> that team's got a pretty mascot. Listen, my lock of the week that is that the Cowboys will lose. Bold strategy, Cotton. I like the green team. <laughs> I like the birds, the eagles. I think it's fair to pick against the Cowboys the rest of this year. We got in that a little bit earlier. They're not a good team. To take the Cowboys to lose, um, if you took them to win, it'd be plus 285, which I really like that. I mean, anything can happen in a divisional game. The Eagles aren't a great team. I am not saying take it. Um, But if you take the Eagles money line, it's minus 375. So that's a quarter bet, basically. You're betting $100 to win 25, roughly. Um, I don't like that. I wouldn't touch it. Again, it's a divisional team. A divisional game and a con- and a division that's terrible. It's probably the worst historical division we've ever seen. Don't do it because uh, anything can happen in this game. Hell, Carson went something could forgo something again. Don't want to wish juju on anybody. Stay away from that, guys. Yeah, I think um, I'm I'm betting on Carson. He's a better quarterback. I don't even know who's. Yeah, I think McNichi started. Who's yeah. Who's playing? Denucci starting know. right now. Ben Denucci. <laughs> Denucci. <laughs> the James Madison star from FCS. Yep. Championship level. According to Zeke, Not a terrific quarterback. <laughs> the North Dakota State. Zeke doesn't even know where James Madison is on the map. <laughs> of course, I don't think most people do. It's a different problem. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I, I like these. He um, voted against him. If I'm going to rank these locks of the week, I think Tristan has a really solid one, even though it's not the best odds. Now, Le'Veon Bell scoring a touchdown, that's purely, um, it's going to be a game thing. I mean, whatever's happening in the game, it's going to dictate, you know. This is one of those where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could rush two times on the one-yard line. Elair could rush two times on the one-yard line. And then, you know, Reed decide, let's go ahead and just throw out Le'Veon Bell to get a touchdown. He could, you know. It could be garbage time. Garbage I mean, time, yeah. It could be I'm a little so much bit, that they're going to give him some touches to get him refreshed. I'm a little bit hurt that you don't think my lock of the week is the strongest. I mean, <laughs> your lock of the week is strong. It's just the amount of money. Anything can happen in the NFL, just like college, especially with injuries. That cannot happen. Mm-hmm. It's just not Physically, worth it. Literally cannot I'd happen. I'd have Where's to wager. Is it in Kansas City? Uh, it could be in Timbuktu. <laughs> I, hey, I just want to try to throw some. <laughs> let's throw, let's, throw some let's extrapolate this out for a second, okay? I'd have to bet twenty three hundred dollars to win a hundred. Hell yeah! That means if Guaranteed. I wanted to win a thousand dollars, I'd have to bet twenty three thousand. Listen, Josh, that's if, a lock. That's if I told you, <laughs> thank you, Elton. If I told you, you could walk into the weekend with twenty three hundred dollars, walk out with twenty four hundred, and not even bat an eye. 
Would you do that? If I could put you in that car today, would you buy that car today? <laughs> <laughs> Does the top come down? Absolutely. Is it, is it red? <laughs> no, listen, if you've got Chief's the money, red. if you got the money, it's, it is a pretty sure thing. It's why the odds are so terrible. So it's not a bad lock of the week. It's just, you got to wager a lot. If you got the money, do it. If you don't, Stay away from it. Um, but anyway, we need to get back to what matters. And the Steelers-Ravens is going to be a really good game this weekend. There's only one game that might be better. We got another one. There's a bunch of good divisional games. There's I a love bunch this. of good divisional games. And we're going into, after this last week, Sunday night game with Seahawks-Arizona, Seahawks are hosting another divisional opponent, Tristan, in the 49ers. And I don't think there's a better person at this table to give us their opinion on the game than the hometown hero of Seattle, Tristan Buster. Tell us about those Niners, Tristan. Well, <laughs> let me tell you something. So, here we go. I do believe this is a top uh, rivalry matchup in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to put a number on it, one, two, or three. There's too many to name. But I do believe it's a top rivalry. Um, these teams have gone at it now. This will be the 18th year in the same division. Um, lots of storylines, lots of streaks over that time. But um, uh, what it really boils down to is both of these teams have have playmakers. They have um, history with, with each other. They don't like each other. Um, Where would you rank the 49ers defense and the Seahawks defense right now out of all the teams in the league. Well, the Seattle Seahawks defense statistically is at the very bottom of the NFL. And mm-hmm. if I think I remember right, the Niners got really? a top. Yeah. yeah they're worse than ours. The worst passing defense in the league bottom. right now. They're, I didn't they're know that. bottom overall yards per game. They give up more than anybody. Um, Which is hard to believe without that. The well, Cowboys. No, <laughs> there's, I mean, yeah, we have totally flipped the script from eight years ago when they gave up the least amount of, yards yeah. and points but um can't be at the top forever no um and the niners if i remember right they're they're top 10 overall defense they they still are what they are known for which is a defensive team they bend don't break the every blade of grass mentality um they're they're still right there now they're missing a lot of people on that defense uh the bosa kid for sure is a big loss for them yep. but, yeah but uh is know, it a bigger loss or is it a bigger loss to not have fans in seattle Oh, okay. I'm this is a home ahead. game. No, this is a big deal. This is a home game and where they're they're already what three and zero at home. So therefore, fans at home doesn't matter. Oh, well, matter. that's true because they just turn the audio up that's like right. they do in the normal games. Background noise. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, if pumping if, it in. If that was a big deal, if that actually was a thing, why aren't the Cowboys? It is, it is a it? thing because the, the Cowboys, Cowboys don't, don't do anything that small. Yeah, we don't have enough recording of loud crowd noises because <laughs> yeah. of all our corporate, corporate seats. Good point. Love the fact that my question could turn around back on the Cowboy fans. I'm not talking shit on the Cowboys. <laughs> no, you did though. You said you don't have loud. No, crowd I'm talking noise. shit on the fake noise. All right. So to get back to the game that matters, because the Cowboy. Uh, Eagles game, I promise, does not matter this weekend. No. But when you look at this game, there are a lot of things going on. Seattle coming off its first loss. Russ coming off easily his worst performance in a long time. Um, They had that game won three or four times. They gave it away five. Um, Their defense is absolutely terrible. They did trade for Carlos Dunlop today, which is a big move. Uh, They didn't give up a lot for him. The dude's got two years left on his contract, so he's at least going to be in town for two years. Um, but they've they've leveraged most of their future next two or three years on 
Jamal Adams and this guy and a couple other people. Um, so with that said, uh, this game will undoubtedly come down to offense for Seattle. Um, their defense is probably not going to stop anybody, no matter who San Francisco rolls out at running back, no matter who is catching the football. Um, Seattle is just plain going to have to outscore them, which they are absolutely capable of. Um, Russell Wilson's going to come back with a vengeance, in my opinion. Facts. Three interceptions is, is not like him at all. I Facts. think he's done that three times in his life. He's One of them was a five-interception playoff game that he still won. Um, he didn't outscore the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what was that? He did not outscore the not Arizona relax. Cardinals. Okay, You're relax. totally right there. I'm not. Did the Arizona Cardinals have a top ten defense? No. The I like where no. you're going. Let's continue. No, this That's... is hypocrisy at its best. Um. So you, I totally lost my train of thought there. But it's I'm because not... you want honesty from Cowboys fans, but you are never honest I about your to, own I've team. I've always been honest. That's what I do. Listen, I agree with 100% what he's saying. What am I not honest about? You think they're going to outscore their opponent, and they didn't outscore their opponent last week. We're talking about this week. This is the first time all year they didn't outscore their opponent. And they could have outscored them in three or four different occasions. Uh, The only reason they outscored the Cowboys is because the referees were in their pocket. And because DK caught a touchdown and let it go before he actually reached the end zone. So we can... Definitely go back to that game if you want to, pal. All right, we're going to argue intelligence. I'll take the Cowboys all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cowboys aren't dancing into the end zone, holding the ball out to their side. I can't They're help just that. Not getting anywhere near the end. Zone. <laughs> that, that, was proof oh. in the last that is fair. Facts. Sorry, we lost our quarterback. Let's see how good Seattle is. That they lost Russell Wilson. Oh gosh, we, that we is wouldn't true. be nearly as good. Who's I your can backup? Can you even that. name your backup quarterback? Yeah, Geno Smith. Oh, I did not know he's he actually, was there. Actually, did not know he was there. Yeah, he's not nearly as good as Dallas's backup quarterback. Well, which Jeez. backup? <laughs> it's another story. So many. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's I'm okay. very he, bitter yeah. about the Seattle Seahawks because Tristan's a, a homer. He shits <laughs> on the Cowboys any chance he gets without any reasoning other than he just has a pure hatred for Cowboys. If you don't know this, this is what Cowboys fans deal with with all their friends and family members oh that are goodness. not Cowboys fans because this is how it goes. I don't care who the Cowboys are playing. I just don't want them to win. Exactly. And so that's what we go up against exactly. every week. Exactly. Do you know why non-Cowboy fans hate Cowboy fans? Because we have to listen to why the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every fucking Not from year. Cowboys fans. Every, oh, let me go ahead and look up Michael Irvin's statements right now. Not from Cowboys fans. That's a Cowboy player, and you're listening to somebody that's on Sports Talk. Listen. Cowboys drive ratings, whether a sports person believes it or not on TV. Oh, I absolutely Cowboys drive ratings. They are the not the number one team in the NFL. They're the number one sports franchise in the world. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get talked about. Not and unfortunately, arguing. Not arguing. this has ballooned Jerry Jones's ego to a point where it's no longer about winning, it's only about money. Which is exactly. why every Cowboy fan is so frustrated. But my point my point of the matter is as a Cowboy fan, all we deal with is people like you that just hate the Cowboys because they are the Cowboys. And so we hear shit no matter what it is about our team at every turn. So We're pretty delirious, I'm though. I'm constantly getting yeah. served, We're, this is our year. Okay, this is our okay. Year. going into this, this year. This is our year. This is, I've heard this is our year since I was, what, 21? These are facts. Since I, 2002? Since no. 2003, this year, Tristan, we, we've won Super Bowl since you were 21. Yeah. You we've won like 10 of them. You're like 60. Tristan, and to be fair, going into this year, before the year started, 
Who did you think was a better team, Seattle or Dallas? Seattle. And that is not being a homer. That is, that is definitely at, being a homer. No, that is Dallas had the, the best wide. Dallas had one of the best wide receiver cores. Had one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So did you keep, with Russell Wilson. Keep, keep going. Keep they had going. one of the best running backs. Definitely, the people would say Zeke is better than Chris Carson. And yes. both defenses are pretty trash. So everyone would pretty much agree I based would pick on those Russell facts. Wilson over Dak Prescott in a head-to-head matchup. Sure, but there's not a huge drop off. But there's not a huge drop off. There's not a huge drop off. Who would you rather have, Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett. He doesn't disappear no. on the road. He doesn't disappear on the road. Who would you rather have? What, okay, look at Amari Cooper's Michael stats Gallup or... since he became a cowboy. Okay. Look at them. All right, let me look start let, let's start over. Who's your number 3 wide receiver? Who's your number 3 wide receiver? David Moore. Okay, David Moore or Calvin Ridley? Or sorry, god damn. Oh fuck. Okay, my number Holy dude, shit. If I had a I, did, I sorry, I didn't mean Calvin Ridley. CD Lamb? I meant CD Lamb. Okay, so you're taking a number 16 overall pick against a my point Fifth is, round pick? overall, wide receiver versus wide receiver group, who do you want, awesome. Seattle or Dallas? Um, I think DK and Tyler are better than what you guys have. Okay, yes. so that's a homer in you because nobody in any type of analyst position agrees with you. Okay. Dallas had one of the top three wide right. receiver groups, and Seattle was and not in the top three. And he hadn't even played a, a freaking minute And yet. all he's done is he, proven his worth. So let's not go down that road. My point is, against, regardless of all this, the, the expectations for Seattle this year have been fair. The expectations for the Cowboys was fair until we lost one of our top defensive linemen. Okay, now you, until now, we lost our entire offensive. No, no. Line, my point is, it, you can't it. shit on them this year. I, I'm not going to shit on okay. them this year. Okay. All right. Good. I so let's. Shit all right. On this year. I digress. The Cowboys aren't relevant anymore. It's a little bit of a bitter point for me. But let's not act like the 49ers can't compete with Seattle. That's all I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying the 49ers can't okay. compete with Seattle. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Ooh, right. I, I like think, that. I think at a record of four and three, the Niners have actually played a couple of really bad games, and they're still four and three, right? Okay, yeah. And they also happen to play in the best division in football with the most competition. Unfortunately, can't argue bottom. that. So, therefore... Um, even though I'm going with a homer pick, I'm going to pick the Seahawks to win because I want them to win. They need to win. They're at home. They ju- they're coming off a loss. Um, I do believe this game is going to be really, 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 really freaking close. I think Seattle wins it by four. That's my wow. absolute pick. They're going to they're gonna win by four, which means that 49ers will not cover the plus three. This game is definitely going over. But like I said, this game is not going to be a blowout. This game is going to be a bloodbath. Um, you know, I just hope both teams stay healthy. Can somebody tag me in, please? I'm dying. Tag. Oh, wait, tag. hold on. Wait, you said your pick? Yes. You I'm just letting go. No, I want to. Oh. I want to see it. Listen, here's Gloves the deal. Off. Here's the deal. When you have two pretty decent offenses, and Seattle's definitely not decent. They're they're a very good offense. They're better than decent. Yeah, very. they're way better than decent. 49ers, a lot remains to be seen about their offense. They've had some injuries. Garoppolo hasn't even played every game this year. So they're still figuring it out, especially without a preseason. But they're a pretty good offense, especially if you look at what they did last year. The only difference really in this game, if you ask me, is the defenses. One of the worst defenses in the league and a top 10 defense in this league. You take the defense every time in this situation because the 49ers, no matter how good or bad they are, are going up against the worst defense. So they're going to put up points. So I agree with you. The over-under in this game is almost a lock. It'd be a lock if I wasn't taking Le'Veon Bell. You know what? No. I'm going to add another lock of the week. Take the over in this game. The Seahawks defense is that bad. 
The 49ers defense is really good, but the Seahawks offense is very good. So they're going to put up points still. But ultimately, Tristan, if you're going to say this is going to be a really close game, you can't say those words and then say Seattle's going to win by four. Because in the NFL, four points is not really close. Really close is one or two. It's going to be a one-score game less than a touchdown. Okay. All right. Well, then that's fair. I, I, I appreciate Which the correction. Which to a close game. Uh, no, it doesn't. Wrong. Anyway, wrong. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. So give me the team that gets the points and give me the team that has a defense that doesn't break constantly. The Cowboys are an awful team, and they're still not the worst defense in the league. That is astonishing, especially since we turn the ball over in our own zone and give our defense horrible position more than any other team in the league, and they're still not the worst team. So the Seahawks are going to be up against a very big hurdle in overcoming the points that their defense is going to give up to the 49ers. We saw it last week against Arizona. I don't know how you take the Seahawks confidently in this game. Give me the 49ers since they're getting the points. They're getting three points. Give that to me all day. But definitely take the over in this one because it's going to be a shootout regardless. Are you all done? Yeah, okay. I digress again. Jamal Adams back. Is Shaquille Griffin back? Yeah. Shaquille Griffin back. Carlos Dunlop. Carlos Dunlop just got added. I don't even think it's going to be that close. I think Seahawks are going to murder the Niners. They're so let's see. Seahawks are down most likely Chris Carson, possibly Carlos Hyde. So they're on their third string. So they're going to have to throw unless they want to go to Travis Homer or, or Dallas DJ or DJ Dallas, whatever his name is. Niners have no Debo. They have no Raheem Mostert. They have no Tevin Coleman. They have no Jeff Wilson Jr. They have no weapons. I mean, their weapons are George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. I don't even know who the other receiver is. Do you think that sets up for a good game for Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I don't. So that's where I'm going. So I think in spite of the Niners having a good defense, which they do have, and in spite of the Seahawks having a terrible defense, which they do have, they're getting back Jamal Adams, who can cover George Kittle. They're getting back Shaquille Griffin, who can cover probably Brandon Ayuk. We'll see. Griffin's been a little bit rough this year. I think the Seahawks pull him out. If I have to, if I have to pick on who is going to have a better passing offense, which they're both going to have to be because they don't have any running backs, it's going to be the Seahawks. So I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm definitely taking the over because I do think points will be scored, especially because the Seahawks defense is so bad. But I'm not betting anything on this Niners offense. Jimmy G sucks, and they've got all these weapons down. I just don't think they could do anything. So I'm going Seahawks. I'm going the over. Elton, I'm kicking it over to you for your thoughts. You hurt my feelings when you said that about Jimmy. I'm a big fan of Jimmy. <laughs> um, but because he's been with all the porn stars? Oh, for sure. He's That's number so one. Cute. <laughs> he wins off the field. But this game is huge. This game is so huge. <laughs> and frankly, I'm going Seahawks on the over. I can't bet against Russell Wilson. Yes, defense is bad. Offense is great. Jimmy's coming back. He doesn't have everybody... They all got injured early in the season. They're slowly, gradually coming back. But am I going to bet against Russell Wilson for Jimmy? I love Jimmy. He's beautiful. But Jimmy? 
No, no, I can't do that. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Russell again. This is all feelings, no facts. Feelings, no facts. Jimmy's I like feelings, no facts, though. <laughs> I do like that. It's a good play. Listen, the Cleveland Browns offense left a lot to be desired after the first couple of weeks in the season. What it took was going up against a terrible defense in the Dallas Cowboys to maybe regain some of that confidence that they did not have going into the season. The 49ers are positioned in a very similar way. They're going up against a Seattle team where they're going to have to score, and they're going up against a defense that is maybe not historically bad. I don't know. Who was the quarterback of that team that the Browns faced that helped them get off the schneid? Dak Prescott. Was it Dak? Dak Prescott's not the reason they lost that game. Oh. Uh, That's my point. Same reason Russell Wilson won't be the reason they lose this weekend. It'll be their defense. But thank you it for was the Cowboys crowd forcing that point. Sometimes you need a stepping stone game. And maybe this is that for the 49ers offense. What you got to ask yourself is the 49ers offense better than the Cardinals? Answer is easy. At this point, no. But is a no, hell no. Okay. Hell no. But yes. is a 49ers defense better than the Cardinals defense? Maybe. Yes. Okay. See, maybe, that's maybe. maybe that's where we disagree. And that's my point. I think what the 49ers lack on offense compared to Arizona, they gain in what their defense offers. And so for that reason, I think we're going to see pretty much the same game we saw last week. It's going to come down to the very end in the fourth quarter. Again, a close game. But give me the defense over an offense. The Patriots have taught that to us for 20 years. Defense matters. Defense wins games. Defense wins Super Bowls. And this is not the same defense. It's not, but they're going up against a terrible defense, and that's where but it'll a matter. a dominant offense. And why do you think that defense gives up so many yards? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, trap because the, the, the opposing teams are usually playing from behind. Okay. Ooh, all right, I don't agree with that one. It's going to be a good I'm, I'm game. Not saying that's the only reason. It's but good. It's going to be a good game. Reason. I think we can all agree. Again, this is another coin flip on who's going to win, but the over is a pretty good bet that it's going to happen. I think collectively we would agree it's a lock of the week as a collective group. The, the over? over, yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you're looking for things to bet this week, um, there's certain things that you definitely want to stay away from. I think Saints and Bears is one of them. I think uh, Raiders-Browns could be another one to stay away from. Uh, but we really like the over-under in this 49ers-Seahawks game. I think we collectively agree with Ryan. We like the over in the Ohio State game of 62 and a half. Um, but I look forward to seeing where we're at at the end of the week, um, where we all finish. But I think that leads me to my next question, Ryan. Now that we've given all of our picks, can you educate the listeners on where we stand individually with our overall record so far? Yeah, so there's a stat that says the amateur better, if you are hovering around 50%, you're most likely losing money. Because when you bet something, you're typically not giving favorable odds. You're betting 110 to win 100. So when you win, you win 100. But when you lose, you win 110. You lose 110. So you're offset. You're losing a 10 at that point. exactly right. So if you're making money, you're probably hovering between 52 and 54%, which is good. It's good. So when people think, oh, you only got to have your picks right, sometimes that doesn't mean it's all bad. Yeah. Now, the challenge is when you look at the pro bettors, good pro bettors are hitting anywhere from 55 to 60% of their picks. That's hard to do. It's very hard to do. Let's you go not from, prop it up too much, you go from, but it is hard to do. But you go from 52 to 54, 
to 57 to 60, there's not a big difference there. No, it's three not. or four point difference. It's two games a weekend. And that is or a game a weekend. And that is still incredibly hard. Yeah, it is. So that being said, Elton, where does he start? Let's just start with Elton. Elton has struggled. Can we not? <laughs> this Elton is has important. struggled. Hold on. Can we preface this saying sure. that we 100% can preface that okay. feelings you not are not facts. a gambler. <laughs> you are about feelings, not facts. Right. Feelings, not facts. And sometimes feelings play out and sometimes facts play out. And yeah. it appears to me that most of the time facts play out over feelings. Well, I say you say that, but I didn't get it's to pick the, as many the statistics Hold on, time as you guys. When he says he didn't get to pick as many, he was lazy and he did not put in all those picks. But percentages don't care about quantity. Elton. I felt yeah, that percentages that the same. I didn't want to pick. Yeah, percentages don't change. Where am I at? Where am I at? You're at forty percent. Let's go. Oh, you're having listen. a rough. You're having a rough go. That's a win for the feelings. Yeah, I'm going I'm to tell everybody. Elton is very proud of forty percent. <laughs> it's, it's a rough go. Yeah, and and sadly, Tristan and I are are we're not having our best go. We're we're not. But you're I made, not awful. I made up for eh, eh. statistically, according to my last statement, Tristan and I would both be losing money. We're hovering about fifty percent. Which is pretty impressive. You're all both right at 50. I have to say, to, to throw a little asterisk on this oh thing. Oh, my goodness. Here I, I'm going to throw an asterisk on Please. this thing. It's hard. It is hard to pick every single game against yeah. the spread. That's really hard. And every single game for an over-under, plus a couple college games. Yep. This is a very hard deal. So, Tristan and I are sitting around 50%. Which is actually really good. You pick the right games, you're going to be a winner. The lock of the week, however, is a far greater number, but we won't let that get in the way. Of we'll get into that next episode. Josh, however, is sitting at an extremely commendable 58% right now. Thank you. 58%. We called this people a home now, now, before, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was Peter Griffin, right? Yep. Yeah. Before we give him too much credit, the one thing you need to understand about Josh we go. is that we used to do this podcast starting on Thursdays, or these these prep rounds starting on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So the Thursday night games were almost always on the TV behind us. Cut them. While the podcast was going on, and yet somehow Josh has a very high percentage of wins in those Thursday night games. Get them. <laughs> as he makes his picks My Thursday night at halftime. Picks have always Get them. Before the game started. That, right? I mean, I think we actually have a, a record of it where you changed your pick in the middle of the game last week. No, I remember that. no I remember last that. week, last week, oh, I did I not guess, no score. Out. Let me just take the under. First of all, last week was a Wednesday, not a Thursday. I've always had my picks in before Thursday. <laughs> but last week, when we were making our picks, I had not made a decision on the Thursday game. Thursday game rolls around. We're all talking. We were watching. I really was not paying attention. And I made a pick after the game started. So take that game out. <laughs> Just take it out. My percentages won't change. I decided to take well, the Eagles change. and the under. And the Eagles did not cover the four and a half last week. The Giants covered four and a half. But the under did hit. So even with the fruition of being in the game, I still only got one out of two right. So let's not act like my percentage is all thrown off. If it makes you feel better, 
Just take it out of the calculation, wow. and you can all sleep better. What a no, flex. It's okay. Yeah. He's we'll flexing just, on us right we'll now. We'll see how it bounces <laughs> out. Everyone can catch hot streaks. Listen, I'm extremely proud of 58% because, like Ryan said, it's not easy to do. And I can assure everybody I will be closer to 50% when this season's over. Betting is really hard. I think when my bad beat that I talked about earlier from last week in the Seattle game is a perfect example. When you can have everything calculated the right way and still some asshole can screw it up with the boneheaded play. That's what makes gambling romantic. It's what We're makes it humans. fun. We're human. The guys playing the game are humans. So when somebody gives a lock of the week, just take that with a grain of salt and that there's reasons behind that calculated lock. But at the end of the day, anything can happen. It's why I will never take the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 2,300. It's a money line bet. It's a guarantee. Yep. So Do you want to win money or not win money? I got to say, uh, making picks is never easy. One of the other things we really love to do, though, besides gambling, and some of us love it more than others, for sure, but I think we all collectively really enjoy fantasy football. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about it when we do our podcast episodes. It's going to be thrown in there, different segments. Um, This week, we had a little bit more focus on college football and NFL picks, but uh, I don't want to let fantasy football fall to the wayside, and I think we're going to try to be pretty consistent with this. Sleeper and bus and fantasy is really fun. Um, because it's, you know, you're picking the outliers on both ends of the spectrum every week. There presents a case for different sleepers, different bus. Um, last week I didn't pick them. How, how do we want to qualify sleeper? So that sleeper is someone that, listening understand what we're talking sleeper about. Sleeper is somebody in fantasy football. That's not necessarily predicted to score a lot of points, but because of the environment, right situation, right time may be positioned to score more than what they're predicted. By a lot, not just one point more than predicted, sure. but considerably more. For example, last week was not a pick, but in fantasy football, I needed a running back. Miles Sanders for Philadelphia Eagles got hurt, was not going to play. So at the last minute, I picked up Boston Scott, the backup running back who was going to start, thinking he'd do pretty well. He ended up scoring 16-plus points. Granted, was he your pick? For he, he was not my pick, but who, in fantasy. Who was your pick? My pick last week was Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, Again, okay. I'm not perfect. Sure. I'm not perfect. <laughs> we need to keep record of that because I feel like yeah. I've been doing great. <laughs> We're not perfect. Uh, but anyway, so for this week, a sleeper is someone that's going to overperform. A bus is someone that's going to significantly underperform. Um, and I don't know about y'all, but I think I've got some pretty good ones for this week. I can go first or I can follow up with the caboose. Yeah, lead the way. Lead us. So my sleeper this week just so happens to be my lock of the week. I think Le'Veon Bell (gasps) is a great pick for this week. Going up against the team that he just got traded away from, he's now played at least one game with the Chiefs, which means they're not going to slow him in. They're going to play him this week, I think. I feel pretty good about it. I like Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to put up running back one numbers in fantasy, but I think he's a solid running back two or flex this week if you are looking to fill in a slot for week eight. Um, Give me Le'Veon Bell for my sleeper. My sleeper comes uh, from the Las Vegas Arredas. He had a pretty good week last week. Uh, Still flying under the radar. He was still available in all three of my leagues on the waiver wire. Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, Therefore, I picked him up because I needed somebody to fill my role or fill a spot for uh, Mark Ingram, who looks like he's going to be injured this week, even after a buy, and he's been 
extremely underproductive. So he's a year-long bust. But uh, right now, my sleeper for this week is going to be Nelson Aguilar to catch bombs from Derek Carr once again. I like that. Well, let's go back to our Seattle and San Francisco debate, please. We need more. Seattle has an awful defense. They're just so bad. And their one good defender is Jamal Adams, who is Mm -hmm. going to regularly be covering George Kittle. So my sleeper is Brandon Ayuk with Debo Samuel being hurt. Wow. Someone has to catch passes. Yep. They have no running backs. Someone has to catch them. Brandon Ayuk's been a pretty solid player this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not like a great fantasy player, but Brandon Ayuk's been a solid player. I think he's going to have some opportunities this week. That's going to create maybe a touchdown, but for sure several catches. And if you're in a PPR or half-point PPR, that's significantly valuable. So I'm going Brandon Ayuk as my sleeper. All right. Um, my sleeper is the Cleveland and Ve- Cleveland and Raiders game. Um, Cleveland and Las Vegas. I'm going with Rashard Higgins mm. with Odell okay. Beckham being yep. out. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, threw for 297 yards with five touchdowns when Odell is out. That's so I think Odell is suffering a season-ending uh, injury. Yep. Um, I think Rashard's going to pick up the slack. I'm going with Rashard Higgins as my sleeper. That's a great pick. A lot of times your sleepers every week are going to be people filling in for an injured player or someone that's going to see more time because the player is going to be shadowed by a top-end cornerback or, or, or D-back. Bye week. Bye week's another good example. Busts are a little bit different. Busts are a lot about matchup. I'm going to throw a curveball. Not really. This is going to be an obvious one. Any player on offense for the Dallas Cowboys for this week, next week, the remainder of the season are going to be busts. Uh, I had to eat that pill last week, and it was a hard one to swallow. Zeke Elliott just can't get anything going behind this line. It's a one-dimensional offense, especially if uh, Andy Dalton doesn't play they're just they're one dimensional. Defenses can scheme for it. They're going to shut down our wide receivers because it's going to be hard for our quarterback to even have enough time to throw it. So give me any Cowboys player as a bust, but I'm going to specifically for this week just say Amari Cooper. Uh, I just don't mm. think he gets anything going. I don't think anybody on this team gets anything going. We'll be lucky to get more than a touchdown in this game. So uh, give me any Cowboys player as a bust. For me, um, I could go all over the board here. Um, the guy that I wanted to pick uh, isn't going to play, so I can't call him a bust, which kind of sucks because it makes me so angry that I drafted him so high and he's been so terrible. So I'm going to go ahead who and go is with that? Uh, Mark Ingram. Yeah. I, I, I drafted him in all three of my leagues. Um, top five pick in all of them only because running backs are – very valuable, so they all go pretty early, or all the good ones. And so, yeah, he is vastly underperformed. Um, it's it's not even the fact that the guys behind him are getting touches. Uh, he's just not doing anything, and they're not using their running backs the way they should be, in my opinion. So, I can't use him because he's not playing. Therefore, I'm going to go with a guy who is just straight underperformed all year from the wide receiver slot, and that is T.Y. Are you not catching, running, or scoring <laughs> touchdowns? Hilton. Uh, 
I don't know if it's a if it's a chemistry thing. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know what the hell the problem is. I thought he would become Philip Rivers' fourteenth kid and start generating a lot of love from that man. But he is not, and therefore he is my bust of the week. I like that. I had everyone on the Cowboys. Yeah. Like it's so obvious. Anyone and everyone on the Cowboys. Yeah. They're busts. Zeke Elliott's a running point, back one, and I'm going to bench him. I just don't think people... <laughs> that's bold. He's the only person that should be getting the bar right now. At this point, I don't see any chance anyone in the Cowboys' offense is even aside from Zeke and someone's starting lineup. So I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm actually going to take it back to your lock of the week of Tua mm, losing. And I'm going to say Devontae Parker is the bust of yeah. the week. He is going to get totally shut down by Jalen Ramsey. Yep. And, and poor Tua is going to get, he's going to have a rough game. Yeah. So that's good. I'm one. taking anyone on the Dolphins receiving core, but I'm specifically calling out Devontae Parker. He's going to have a tough game. Listen, all those busts were layups. Okay. <laughs> My bust for the week is Le'Veon Bell. Oh, you motherfucker. I think the I think Andy Reid is not going to let him play emotional. You are against a the Jets. Okay. You're going against my <laughs> oh, sleeper. Oh, for sure. God. Le'Veon Bell is the bust of the week. He's going to get yards yeah. for sure. No touchdowns. He's going to wow. maybe be about a 60-40 leaning 40% carries. They're not going to throw him out here. He's a playoff player. You want to keep him safe. You're hurting my heart. He is a bust. You're hurting my for heart. This week, Last Le'Veon week, Bell. Ryan jinxed my sleeper, made Ezekiel Elliott the bust. This I love week, that play. That should be a theme. This week, <laughs> Elton's taking my sleeper and Le'Veon Bell making him a bust. I hope you're wrong, but I you're don't feel very right. good about I'm this. I'm for sure I'm right. Listen, uh, Josh's lock of the week on the sleeper fantasy football side has not been very yeah, good. It hasn't been very good. Listen, guys, um, Really enjoyed this first episode. Uh, really appreciate everyone that's listened this long. Uh, we hope to drive content every week uh, that you enjoy, that maybe you find fascinating or helpful, uh, whatever your uh, drive might be, whether it's gambling or fantasy or you just like sports. We're four guys sitting around a pool table on opposite ends talking about things we love, primarily sports, drinking beer that we love, and just having a good time. And I want to end this episode with something that's really important. We're not going to be a politics podcast. I don't really care who you vote for or what party you, you side with. But we're going into a really important election. We live in a free country, one of the, the best countries in the world. There's no argument there. We're not perfect country, but we are the best country in the world. And one of the greatest rights we have as citizens of the United States is to get to vote. So educate yourself for the next couple of days. Come Tuesday, November 3rd. Please, if you haven't voted, go out and make your voice count for whoever you're voting for, even if it's maybe a county seat or a city position and you don't want to you know, mess with the presidential election or the Senate. Go out, make your voice count, vote. It's one of the greatest rights we have as people of the free world. So take advantage of it and um, go out and serve your civic duty. And with that being said, I want to thank all of y'all. I really want to thank our really good friend, uh, Gus McNucci over at the McNucci Law Firm. Ryan, give everybody that phone number one more time. 